Hey everybody, welcome back to America's Game, episode number 44. I am your host, Eric Vanek, and you can find me on Twitter at NFL. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Scott Connor. Scott, what's going on, man? Eric, we're back, episode 44. A lot of rookie drafts in the books. I think about half of them are done. Uh, diving into some warp data and diving into some... Uh, portfolio stuff that i'm going to be releasing on the patreon this weekend uh took a week off basically from doing content uh people have asked why there was no destination dynasty show some stuff came up had multiple things that happened just wasn't really feeling myself uh barely got through as much as people may not realize it uh, barely got through that marathon afc episode last week which uh, of course we said would be about an hour and a half and it ends up being two and a half hours so I'll part for the course, but uh, excited to talk NFC and maybe a little rookie draft observations now that we're, you know, 10, 10, 12 days into rookie drafts kicking off. And a lot of them, I don't know if you've noticed this, a lot of our rookie drafts, I noticed this year that um, I know Ray said it on wake up, but it feels like the drafts are a little more all over the place. I've gotten some players at, you know, the late second and then other drafts, I see them go in the early to early second, mid first or late first, you know, it's like things are all over the place once you get to a certain point. And then also, uh, I don't know if you noticed this year, but some of our drafts went by extremely quick, like two to three days and they're done. You know, we got through four or five rounds. So I don't know if that was just lack of activity, lack of excitement, but it kind of felt like once you got outside the top 10, it was either someone wants to buy a pick and they go buy it. And usually this year, Seems like there's a lot more people that are willing to sell those picks, like on the clock. Hey, 209, I don't even want it. Give me a second. It's yours. You know, like it feels like that was the case this year more so than years past. So just something I noticed drafts seem to be going faster this year because there's just not a lot of action. I don't think there's really many players people really want unless they're, you know, purposely going, hey, I need to go buy Zach Evans. I'll give you a third. And I think a lot of people are willing to oblige on that. So I don't know if you have any observations like that, but I've noticed that. Yeah, or maybe um, it's just Eric tagging everybody. Maybe that's why they're going faster. That's true. I mean, you do uh, you do get on people, you know, an hour in and they haven't picked. You're going eh, not an hour. I usually like if you get halfway through your clock though, that's my my tag of hey, uh, let, let's hurry this up a little bit. And then if you mm-hmm. get past that, it, it it's like uh, okay, well, what are you doing? Yep. Let's go. Yep. Like, have you noticed though more <laughs> trades this year or less trades or just it, maybe not more or less, but almost like people are more reasonable understanding what these picks are worth and they either want to make them and they just make them quick or I'm willing to sell it for a pretty fair price. Like I've had a couple trades mm-hmm. that I've made and I'm like, wow, that wasn't that hard to trade away or trade in just depended on the manager. And then other people just don't even look and they just make a pick. Uh, but it just doesn't feel like there's been haggling this year, and maybe that's just the the smarter dynasty player that realizes that 209 is not going to make or break their team. So they either be reasonable and kick it to the future, or they just make the pick. Yeah, I think I've noticed like that kind of like that top six, like nobody's trading up and down in that tier at all. It's like that top six is pretty chalk, whatever order. And then after that, maybe you'll see a little bit more trades. But, yeah, I'm definitely seeing less trading this year. I haven't seen very much at all. Maybe some of, like, the second round and third round picks are getting traded more. But, like, I don't – I may have seen maybe, like, hey, I'll sell this first 
first rounder on the clock right now for a random 2024 first. I've seen that maybe like once or twice, if that. So I'm not seeing a lot of that um, at all. What about you? Well, I'm going to do uh, – that's going to be part of the DD episode this week is going to talk about warp, and maybe we can talk about it more next week too because uh, diving into it, we're starting to see that to where – we kind of already inherently knew it. We talked about this at the very beginning of America's game. We talked about the warp data and talked about how there's a certain point with draft picks where it just basically hits even ground and then goes even below to the point where once you get to a certain spot, you're better off not making the pick. The most valuable thing you can get with that pick isn't picking the player and it isn't necessarily trading it for a player in the off season because you're not scoring any points. A lot of times it's just having that asset for when you're scoring points. So effectively just moving into the future. Hey, I'm at the 210. I don't want to make the pick. Give me a future second. Now, a lot of people don't treat it that way. They go, oh, man, I'm giving you a second now. You're giving me a second later. You need to pay a tax. And as soon as someone tries to come to me and say, you have to pay a tax, good luck. Make the pick. Now, if you're going to, if, if you're willing to sell it for a straight up pick in the same round, just because you don't want to make the pick. Fine, but even then, I'm sitting here going, and I've already done it. I'm going to try to be more cognizant in the rest of my drafts. I've picked a bunch of players at the 302, 211, 305, you know, and sure, I'm taking some shots, but more often than not, we both know inherently you're probably better off having that pick during the season than you are drafting Jaden Reed or Tank Bigsby. Now, I mean, you can argue they could fit your roster construction. Jaden Reed in a best ball, sure, he's nice to have. Tank Bigsby in a lineup league where it's any running back on a 53, he's nice to have. But you could also say, and we'll talk about this uh, maybe next week, even if you're getting Tank Bigsby, are you better off saving that second rounder for the season? Because really, if you don't hit on Tank Bigsby and he becomes Damian Pierce, Ramondre Stevenson, Rashad White, like that level, you didn't really hit on the pick. You just grafted a body. And there's a lot of bodies that could be that. And I almost kind of would rather have the second during the season when I know who the body is that I want to buy versus speculate on him right now. So I think I've already kind of made that mistake in some drafts now where, you know, I had 25 drafts going on at one time. So, like, I didn't have time to shop every pick and be like, hey, who wants this? Who wants that? Let me send out a bunch of offers. But, man, I look back and I go, damn, you know, I accumulated a lot of 23 picks. Do I, do I really want to draft that 10 shares of Tucker Craft? Do I really need that? Oh, I, I have seven shares of Roshan Johnson. Do I really need seven Roshan Johnsons? Or is it probably better off that I have a couple other running backs in the same tier as Roshan Johnson? Now, the good thing is a guy like Roshan or Tank Bigsby, if I end up with a lot of shares of those guys, I probably could swap them for a second if I wanted. You know what I mean? Like they're not players that are just completely dead. Uh, but that's more work for me to have to do. So something to explore later, but it just feels like I've made even more picks this year than I really should, or at least the warp data says that I should be making. Yeah, that, you brought up a good point with the second rounders, like taking Tank Bigsby there or Roshan, whoever it is. Like maybe it is better off to get that future second and have that second to play with during the season because what is the likelihood that Roshan and Tank Bigsby become, you know, anything the top 15 and 20 run a dynasty running back asset like the odds are probably against that 
you know, and like you said, they're probably like Brian Robinson's or Rashad White's. They're like guys that you can definitely roster, but like they're not a difference maker. So maybe pivoting to like get that future second is a, a good idea. So good thing I still have like, you know, 10, 15 rookie drafts still to go. So I can maybe try and do that. So that's a good point. Well, here's the problem though. Like, let's just take all the guys that went in round three, round four. So you have Roshan, Kendra, a chain, uh, tank Bigsby, Ty J Spears. One or two of those guys is going to be really good. You're going to think, wow, I really smashed that 206 that I got them with. But you also probably know two or three of those guys, they're going to find themselves injured, buried, or both. And they're the next Isaiah Spiller or Zamir White. And they're useless. And they go from solid second round pick to cool, they're just a body next year. Now, even a guy like Isaiah Spiller or Zamir White, they're probably worth a third right now because they're still a body on a depth chart, but they're interchangeable with how many other players, 50 other guys right now, you know, like those guys are, they're literally just a body. If they make a team, you'll take them. If they don't make a team and one of those guys gets cut, you're like, he must just suck. And I'd not cut him. So it's a big drop off if they don't have that role in year one. And the math says, you know, nah, a couple of those five aren't going to fair or not. They're just not going to. So instead of having, five shares of all of those guys thinking, oh, I'm going to hit on one or two Rashad Whites. Sure, I want a couple, but to just keep taking them because they fit your roster construction, man, it's going to look back and go, man, I wish I had a bunch more of those second rounders instead. Because it's not that it's bad process to draft them. It's bad process to use every draft pick on them, concentrated on those five names. Because there's a shot that, you know, Eric Gray or Chase Brown are better than one of those guys. And you're getting them around later. So even if you could get a future second and, you know, a late third or a fourth or something like that for a 203, you know, say you trade the 203 because someone really has to get Kendra Miller, a.k.a. Eric, because Eric would take Kendra or A-Chain at the very top of that tier. You give me a 309 and a future second for that 203, you can have Kendra Miller. I'll take Eric Gray and I have a future second. For what we're looking for, I now have two outs. Now, I would give Kendra Miller's odds much higher than Eric Gray, but they still fit in the same bucket. And then I have a future second. I can wait. I can wait till the season, figure out who is the guy I want to buy with that second. And in the right league, I can then buy the running back that's basically doing exactly what you're hoping Kendra Miller does. Now, the big thing, when we'll talk about this next week, but you got to be in the right league. I'm in some leagues where people don't even trade. So like you don't you don't collect picks so that you can buy warp and points during the season because half the managers you send offers to don't even respond. It's like those leagues you probably go okay I have to pick players more so than I can make trades when I have future picks. Other leagues we're in they're super active. You me there's seven other people playing like we are. So if our teams are out of it, of course we're selling all our running backs. So there's going to be a viable market, man. If I have three thirds and three seconds during the season and I'm winning one of those hyperactive leagues, every week I can buy players if I want. Because there's always someone that goes, oh, I don't, I'm I'm rebuilding. I don't need Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. Here you go. You can give, give me two thirds. You can have them both. So it's got to be the right league. But I, I just feel like every year we do this, we think, you know, it's arrogance. 
we think we know these guys are going to be the guys. And then we get to the season and we're like, man, I wish I had some picks back. Wish I could liquidate a couple tank Bigsby shares for seconds. Cause he's, you know, he's starting out where Trey Sermon did or, you know, and then you're like, hey, he's never worth a second again. So just food for thought, but uh, yeah, you have some drafts left. I have some drafts left. Maybe we can change it. Yeah. So a couple other observations I had too is after about round three, man, those running backs are completely sucked up and they are gone. Like yep. there isn't anybody else that I really want. Like some of these guys like go to waivers, like Kenny McIntosh. Like I think I've seen him drop to waivers in some of our round five, uh, five round drafts, you know, which is dumb because yeah. some of the players that get drafted over him, it's like, dude, what are we doing? We're really taking Clayton tune over him or Sean right, right. Clifford over him. I mean, come on. Right, right. So, like, guys like that are following the waivers. And, like I said, the the running backs that we all want are pretty much all gone by round three. So, like, round four, like, man, I really don't want to take this, like, fourth, fifth, sixth round wide receiver. But sometimes I'm just doing it just to, like, do it, have a couple shares. Or I'm taking these tight ends, like... You're taking uh, some Will Mallory's and Josh Wiley's in, like, leagues where it doesn't even matter. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I don't have any Will Mallory yet, surprisingly, but I have four Elijah Higgins and I have four Josh Wiley so far. And I like both of those guys quite a bit. Um, You know, when I did my scouting and stuff, I liked those guys quite a bit. Um, I've been seeing like Puka Nakua is like in rounds four or five, and, and I like him a little bit. Um, I've gotten only one of him so far, but I'm trying to like diversify, like especially those late round threes, round four, round five. Like I'll take a shot at Michael Wilson. He did get some draft capital. A shot at Tyler Scott because he does. Um, I think he's a fourth rounder or fifth rounder, but he was, um, you know, highly thought of. Puka Nakua, I liked. So I am taking some shots at those guys. Um, so far, and then, like you said, the like I said the uh, tight ends as well, taking a couple shots at those guys, Davis Allen, Elijah Higgins. I've been hitting quite a bit, Josh Wiley. So, yeah, I mean, I've kind of haven't been able to take those running backs a whole lot out. You know, you got to basically take them in the top three rounds, otherwise, you're not getting them. Yeah, I have, um, other than best ball, which is a little bit different, I'm willing to take a couple receivers. Like, I have a tank Dell, I have two Charlie Jones. Like I'll take a couple receivers in best ball, but outside of those two, I don't have a single receiver that was drafted outside of the top 80. So I have, you know, like some Josh Downs and some Jalen Hyatt, but that's it. Like I've taken some guys that went ahead of them. So I have some Marvin Mims, some Jalen Hyatt, some Rasheed Rice. I have like two of each one of those. I don't have any of the roster cloggers. I'm, I'm sticking to the guns, not drafting any Puka Nakua's or Xavier Hutchinson's or A.T. Perry's or none. I mean, they're all, they're literally worthless. The only profit you get is one of them has to be so much better than like what their projected outcome is. And then you have to sell that at best, probably a second at the very most. That's what you would get. If anything, if you could sell some of those guys for a third, if they make like a preseason play, you'd probably do it because you drafted them in the fourth. So there's just there's just not a lot of outs for those guys. You just waste a lot of picks. So what I've done is I've taken if I have you know 402 and 406, I'm just 
I'll trade him for a fab and a fourth or a future third or something like that. I'm just trying to get out of that range because you're right. There isn't anybody to pick. You're, you're, you're either doing that, you're picking tight ends, and it's even more of a waste to take Josh Wiley in a non-tight end premium league. Like literally you're just wasting a roster spot because you're immediately after the draft, you're going to go, who, which running back on waivers can I drop them for? And then the running backs like Tyon Evans, Daneric Prince, like we caught, we talked about those guys last week. Lou Nichols, Kenny McIntosh, like that's the bottom of the barrel of the running backs that I want. But even in some leagues, like those guys go, if you're stuck picking at like the 410, like there's, there is nobody to take. And then you're faced, okay, let me add the Clayton Tunes or Jay Hayners or Aiden O'Connell's, you know, and you also know, I mean, I know you've taken a lot of Aiden O'Connell, but the reality is he's probably a roster clogger. You got to make the team, and then you're like, okay, how many backup quarterbacks can I really carry? So, or yeah, it's been a rough Super Bowl uh, champion. Okay, well, yeah. Point is, if you're looking at just systemic drafting this year, it's uh, this was definitely a year not to stash fourths. You know, if yeah, you could have got out of those fourths, I would rather have Fab for fourths. If I can sell my fourths for Fab dollars, I'd rather have the Fab going into the season. They just wait for somebody to emerge and being able to blow an extra $200 on a player. You can have all the fourths. I'll wait till the season and I have the extra fab on somebody. So word to the wise, anybody that's picking a bunch of times in the fourth. And if it's the fifth, good luck. We have some that have fifth rounders and it's just, you're just picking anybody that's alive at that point. Yeah, so. pretty much. Yeah. And this isn't true. This is not true with a lot of drafts. We've had drafts in the past where you and I loved pick. Last year, we liked picking in the fourth. There were there were five or six running backs that you could get in the fourth last year that we liked. It's not so much this year. So anybody listening that hasn't done their draft, look at now before you get on the clock and people realize, yep, every running back I would have drafted is gone at like the 310. Get out of those yeah. fourths now. Move up two spots in the third and give your fourth. Especially if you know it's like, you know, 28-man rosters or something like that. Those sizes, you and I always find players we can pick up. Like, have you noticed that finding roster spots is hard, too? Like, you're literally having to cut running backs just to draft, you know, Kenny McIntosh. It's like, That's really, hard. I'm not gaining anything here. I'm cutting a running back to draft. On the, you know, the other day I cut Kenyon Drake to draft Lou Nichols. That, <laughs> yeah. Did I really gain anything there? There's a um, chance in two weeks I'd rather have Kenyon Drake. So just, I didn't yeah. gain anything. Well, that's why we're doing these uh, podcasts, Scott, so we yep. can help people make those cuts. And then the last one I wanted to bring up to you, you know, last year we saw it with Sky Moore, and he was going in the late first round. Have you really seen Rasheed Rice fly up the draft boards like I thought he would? Like, I've seen him go still in like in the late second still, and I'm kind of surprised that he's not going higher like I thought he would, like even at like the beginning of the second. No, I've got him two drafts, and one of them is that IDP league that we're in, and there were, I believe, one, yeah, one IDP went ahead of him, two IDPs went ahead of him, so it would be the 206. And then the other one, I got him at the 208. That's pretty standard of where I've seen him going, like mid-second-ish. 
So I think it's it's interesting. The narrative's almost been the opposite. Like you don't want to draft the chief receiver because everyone's overthinking it, and he's going to be terrible. And then I, what did I say to you the other day? He'll be the one that's awesome. Yeah, he won. He wins the rookie of the year. Yeah, because he is different. Like he's a bigger body than all the other guys. So I have taken my shares of him. If I have a team with Mahomes, I'll mm-hmm. definitely try and get him on that team. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, it's just kind of been interesting. I have three shares of him so far. Um. My highest uh, roster shared guys so far. So at quarterback, I got Aiden O'Connell. I have four. Kendra Miller, I have five. Zach Evans, four. Banacanda, three. Uh, Bigsby, three. Chase Brown, three. Eric Gray, three. Receivers, I got five JSNs, three Marvin Mims, three Addisons, three Rice, three Tank Dells, but those are all in best ball. And then the tight ends, Luke Musgrave, four, Josh Wiley, four, Elijah Higgins, four, and Tucker Kraft, three. And I believe I have um, Musgrave and Kraft uh, together three times. So that's another thing that I've done. I know me and you were talking about it the other day, the, having Musgrave and Kraft both on the same team because you can probably get one in round two and then the other one slips to round three for you. Yep. Yep. I have seven Zay Flowers. That's my highest rostered receiver. I and I haven't gotten him yet, and that's and that's one of the bad parts because I do want some of him. The only ones that I know off the top of my head of the main guys, Bryce Young, I don't have any of yet. Quentin Johnston and Zay Flowers. Those are and Michael Mayer is another one I've wanted to get. Those are the main four that I haven't uh, been able to get yet. But I'm looking to get some more of them. Any Jonathan Mingo? Yes, I have two or three, two. Zill cheer for me, and I'm just struggling to figure out where I'm going to have any. I don't think I am. Yeah, I I get it. I mean, he goes in that mid-second range, so you got to kind of be able to go there, but it's like, man, I kind of want to maybe a Rasheed Rice there or one of the running backs. Like, it's it's hard to, like, pass on a Tank Bigsby or um, Devin a chain you know, they're over oh, Jonathan Mingo. So I get it. How much uh, Zach Charbonnet do you have? He's a tough one for me too. Yeah, that's another one I've been having a hard time get. I only have one. And then you said you have a boatload of Roshan Johnson. I've only been able to get one Roshan Johnson so far. Six Roshans and six Tank Bigsby's. So I definitely have uh, a lot of him. And I do have, I, I misspoke earlier, I do have four Kayshawn Boutes and three of those are after the NFL draft. So they weren't Debbie shares. Nice. And that's okay. just simply been, there's been some leagues where he falls to the fourth and I'm just like, I'll take them. It's not, not going to be that hard. Like late third, early fourth. It's not that hard for me to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. And that, trust me, I will be getting rid of him and I'll have to have dynasty discipline if he does anything mm-hmm. to trade him because I guarantee everyone that says, Oh, I'm taking Keishon Boutte to see if he does anything. If he gets to a point where someone goes, I'll give you two thirds or I'll give you a second for him, they're going to go, Ugh, man, what if he's good? What if he's the outlier? Can't trade him. Yeah. Remember his profile? Remember his pedigree? You know, like just we know that's probably a bad bet. But I bet you if you ask a lot of people, if he let's say he goes out and just smashes in a preseason game, people will say, would you take two-thirds? And a lot of people will go, no, I want more. I mean, it is a possibility. The Patriots always have that receiver in preseason who does good. Like Tyquan Thornton last year had, what, three or four touchdowns? But would you take two-thirds? Or would you hold out for more because of the name? Um, 
I think the process play, the smart play is probably take the thirds. But you know how we are, just that instinct, like, oh man, now he's the he's he's that finally that Devi asset that we all had, like he's that superstar. So it's always so hard to to do it. But the if you look back on it, ninety nine out of a hundred times, it's probably just take the picks. Especially if you know those thirds are gonna have usability in your league where it's active when you can yeah. you know you can buy some spot starts quarterback or running back with those like that that's the league you want to do it if not then you know if you think that because i have some leagues where you know if i have a bunch of thirds and stuff they don't do anything for me because people don't people are just they don't make moves you, you try to their team it has no direction but they won't sell you that deontay foreman for a third for some reason they just won't so in those leagues, yeah, maybe you don't take the thirds, but know your league, you know which ones are active, you know which ones have that nice secondary market during the season, and those are the ones you want to have the picks. So good yeah. lessons. Yeah, for sure. All right, we ready to uh, unclog our uh, rosters, the NFC edition? Yeah, this is going to be the expedited NFC edition because we're not going two and a half hours. Try to make it an hour and a half. Yeah, I On this it. part, not the whole thing. There's no way we're going to get through 16 <laughs> teams in an hour. Oh, yeah, no no shots. So, all right, so first team up is Ray Garvin's Dallas Cowboys. So quarterbacks, pretty simple. It's Dak Prescott, and I don't want any of the other guys, Cooper Rush or Will Greer. I'm sure you agree. Yeah, I see people rostering Cooper Rush, but, yeah, he has no fantasy upside, so I don't think he's a backup I would be willing to hold at this point. So, yep, agree. Yep. Uh, Running backs, Tony Pollard. Malik Davis, Deuce Vaughn, Ronald Jones, and Rico Dowdle. So I think the only one that's fairly safe to cut is Rico Dowdle. I think his time has come. He just can't stay healthy. But I could see rostering all four of these other guys and kind of see what happens. Do you agree? Yeah, and I think if they don't bring in anybody else, um, I I think all four of these guys make the roster because Deuce Vaughn really Mm -hmm. isn't a running back. You know, he's going to be – kind of like a receiver, kick returner, running back, like do everything, you know what I mean? So yeah, I don't think they probably view him as like, oh, we have to dress him and he counts as a running back. He probably counts as like other things. So you can justify keeping all of these guys. And uh, yeah, there's still a chance they bring back Zeke or they bring back somebody else. But um, right now you got to be rostering all these running backs. And honestly, whoever, whoever shakes out between Ronald Jones and Malik Davis is probably a guy that's going to have a bigger role than what projections are saying you look at projections like you don't you don't really see one of those guys with a big projection but like tony pollard's not getting 400 touches it's like whoever the number two is exactly whoever the number two is is probably getting 100 150 touches like that that's literally for worth nothing at this point like I, i don't know if you can do it but like why would you not take Ronald Jones instead of drafting that 408. And I bet you you can get him if you trade the 408 before the clock comes up. Do right. it before your draft even starts, you know? And if you lose the pick, what do you lose? A guy you were probably going to cycle through with a waiver running back anyway, you know? I mean, hell, you try and get Malik Davis. I like Malik Davis. I think he's more talented than that. If I could I don't trade know if two... you can get him for a fourth, though. But your point applies. I could applies, trade two fourths for him, yeah. I think the point applies to every running back we're going to talk about in this show is if your draft is next week and you have the 404, the 406, and the 410, like go through the back of your depth charts and be like, what running backs can I buy? And you're going to buy like the crustiest ones 
But then when if you're, if you're trying to roster construct in a certain way and you get to the pick, you're like, dude, who do I take? I would have rather traded it for one of those guys you guys were talking about on that show versus drafting, you know, a backup quarterback, Jaron Hall or someone like that, or a receiver that was a seventh round pick. I mean, you're, you're pissing the pick away regardless. So you might as well trade for, you know, a running back that's a veteran that might be a little more volatile or risky than a rookie. Yep. I agree with that. And then, like you said, I think the only veteran guy, like, It'd probably like be like Zeke, maybe Fournette, Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon. Like I, th- I would see them bringing in one of those types, other than like you know like a Dontrell Hilliard or a Marlon Mack or something like that. Uh, but yeah, they are one team to kind of watch out for. Maybe uh, adding a free agent back. I, c- I think they re-signed Zeke. Is I think is what ultimately ends up happening. I think they re-signed Zeke to a cheap deal and and have him in for another year. Yeah, the only. The only pushback I have on that is because of Zeke, what he was in Dallas. It's almost like he can't go back to Dallas without some like memory that he's going to be that again. Because really what they're signing, if they sign Zeke, is a guy that we hope can beat out Malik Davis and Ronald Jones, right? Like Pretty really, much. that's what you're hoping for. But when Zeke comes back, it's almost like people think he's the starter. So it's almost like you need you need to get another guy, not Zeke. It comes in with a completely fresh, open mind, like to the situation, like not Zeke. That's why I can argue, you know, why don't they take a shot on Fournette instead? He's literally the same as Zeke. He just isn't Zeke. It feels like they just need to go to a different spot. But yeah, I can see them just adding another guy just to compete. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens there with Zeke. I I, th- I think he can end up there, but I don't know. Maybe you're right. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, now looking at the wide receivers here for Dallas. I mean, this is pretty simple. There's a boatload of wide receivers on this roster right now. I'm seeing 15, um, but there's only three to keep. I think it's Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks, and CeeDee Lamb. Um, I don't know about you, but I've I've ended up cutting some Jalen Tolberts already. You know, I just I just it was completely. I think that's just a completely blown season last year. Bomb. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, he's completely, completely blowing pick there. Yeah, uh, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, Gallup, Cooks, and Lamb, I think, are the only three you can even hold. There, none of these other guys are anywhere close to even worth a roster spot. So I think that's pretty easy. And then I think there's three tight ends here worth a spot: Jake Ferguson, Luke Schoonmaker, the second round pick, and Peyton Hendershot. Um, and then these other tight ends right now, you're not going to be keeping. But uh, do you agree on Ferguson, Shoemaker, and Hendershot? You're going to keep all three of those, especially in our like two tight end leagues or high tight end premium leagues? I mean, yeah, you got to keep all three. I get annoyed if I have any of the three, though. Yeah, I have one team with all three on it and a best ball. I'm happy with that. But I could see like if you have to cut one, it's going to be Hendershot. But I still like his upside and his RAS score and all that, like like you said. But it's probably a guy just in like two tight end or one point seven five premium, uh, where you'd want to keep his Hendershot. I did sell all my Jake Ferguson's before the draft, just okay. because he was the one that people were like, oh, "I'll give you a third for him." So I sold all my Jake Ferguson's. I kept all the Hendershots because you couldn't get anything for him, and then have drafted some Scoon Makers. But yeah, it's one of those where you have to keep all three but I'm not sure if I get anything with any of the three. So I'd, I'd rather not 
seek them out. But if they land in your lap, if they become available on waivers, like, yeah, pick up Hendershot. But yeah, you got to keep all three at this point. It's kind of like the running backs. Like you got to keep four running backs and three tight ends on Dallas. You're just waiting for it to shake out. So there's actually a lot of guys on Dallas. You're probably rostering. You just named, that's what, 10 skill players, not counting Dak. I mean, that's double figure players on Dallas. You probably have to keep. Yep. All right, on to um, the New York Giants now. So quarterback, we got Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, and Tommy DeVito. Hell yeah, I'm going to hold on to some Tommy DeVito. No thanks. Uh, But Daniel Jones, obviously you're keeping him. Tyrod, I think, is interesting. I've seen you've dropped him uh, a couple times last year. Is that somebody you want to pick back up, or are you fine um, leaving him on the waivers? Um, depends. There's been a couple of ones where I need roster spots, but I do have, geez, I believe hmm, eight Tyrod Taylors still. Okay. I mean, I still have him rostered, but there have been a couple of leagues where I've just caught him because I need a roster spot. But yeah, I think he's one of the dozen or so backups I'm willing to roster now that we get closer to training camp. So yeah, two quarterbacks here. Okay. That's what I kind of figured. Um, now we're going to look here at the running back position. This one's a little interesting, uh, too. Obviously, Saquon Barkley, franchise player right now, stud. Uh, Eric Gray, who they just drafted in the fifth round. I think those guys are definitely two locks for the roster, obviously. But then Breida, Brightwell, and Jay Sean Corbin. I still have held on to some Breidas, but, man, he's been very, very close to my cut line. Brightwell, I didn't have any of, so I didn't, you know, I wasn't rostering Brightwell, but I could still see people holding on to Brightwell. Uh, Jay Sean Corbin, I've cut already too. Like he's got just an uphill battle to even make the team. But what are your thoughts on like Brita and Brightwell? Would you hold on to those guys or no? Brightwell gone, Jay Sean Corbin gone. Uh, Brita, I'll hold a couple, but Brita could be one of those guys that's probably in the bottom two or three on my team to where I would be willing to cut him. Cause the only thing with Brita is like, he's been around for a while. And I think we've seen that he's best used in like really, really short doses. So it isn't like, Oh, I'm looking for the backup to Saquon. All I need is an injury, you know, but more than likely it's not going to be Matt Brita. So like he, he'd be yeah. probably better in a, an offense that's really good where he's got a chance to get, you know, six to eight touches a week, but now you start thinking about the receivers that they have, which you'll get to next. Like I, I don't see a satellite running back getting much on that team. So I think I'd yeah. probably be, he could be one of the guys where I'm just done with Breida and I'm like, you know what? Someone else in my league picks up Matt Breida and he ends up burning me. Then good luck. That's a guy we've held yeah. for four years waiting for a better role since he left San Fran. And it's like probably just not happening. So yeah, I'm kind of getting close to just, You've seen me. When I go through and I decide a player I don't want him, I just cut him in every league. I'm like oh, I'll yeah. find somebody to I'll just cut him in like ten leagues in a row. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, he's he's one of those that's probably pretty close to getting chopped. And th- this makes me want to just keep hammering Eric Gray in round three with my mm-hmm. round three picks mm-hmm. because he's literally one of these guys that are one injury away from being the bell cow right now. Obviously. I think the Giants would sign somebody if, like, Barkley blew his ACL working out right now or something like that. They'd probably go out and sign one of these other running backs that are available. But I think Eric Gray, 
as of right now, man, like going into the season, if it started today, he's the backup for me. I think he's the most talented guy behind Barkley and the most likely to, you know, get a full bell cow role just because of his body size, his type, the way he played. He's proved he can handle um, a workload at Tennessee and Oklahoma, two big time schools. So, yeah, give me all the Eric Gray in round three. He's Wayne Gallman. Yeah, he's a better version of Wayne Gallman. Maybe. But that's what he is. Like that. Yeah. Like he, you probably have like to I roster think, him. And... I think he's maybe on the same talent level, if not maybe a little better than Tyler Algier. He's Ty Chandler. I think Tyler Algier is a better comparison. Okay. You don't think Ty Chandler? No, I think Ty Chandler is. Oh, God. Is Sa- Saquon Barkley. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Next team. <laughs> All right, no, well, wide receivers. So this <laughs> is the um, cluster of all clusters. And, oh, boy. Okay, so Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell, Jalen Hyatt, Sterling Shepard, Wandale Robinson, Jamison Crowder, I think people are still holding on to. That's seven guys there. So I don't. Any of these let, other ones are are all cuts. Like Bryce cut Ward, Feeden, yeah, Colin Johnson. If you still had him, he tore his Achilles. Goodbye. Uh, the rest of those guys are all bad. But David Sills, Eric has a couple of him laying around. No, I got rid of him a long time ago. But I mean, le- legit, have seven receivers that have been on fantasy rosters or rookies or whatever for a long time. I think. And I don't know. I think if I had to pick one to cut, it's Crowder. I think Crowder's just and then kind Shepherd. of He's yeah. Crowder Shepherd. and Shepard. Yep. I think are probably the two I would cut if I had to pick. I think the five I'd want to own would be Hyatt, obviously Hodgins, Slayton, Campbell, and Wandale Robinson. Uh, but like I could see like. Paris Campbell just being useless here soon, and maybe Crowder beats out Campbell. Uh, or something like that. Or Wandale's just fine and is okay and he's just back to his normal role and puts Campbell and Crowder out of pasture. You know, something like that. So I think right now, I I think you can probably say six of these receivers you can hold on to right now, but I don't feel great about any of them. So here's a question for you. Is there a Giants receiver this year, not Darren Waller, that gets 100 targets? You got to figure Waller and Saquon are going to get close to 200 combined. And that's probably 40% of the pass attempts. I think if there was 40% of the attempts, I think if there was one, it would be Isaiah Hodgins just because he's, you know, the bigger type wide receiver. And I think he would be out there in most two receiver sets and three receiver sets. I think these other guys are just all interchangeable. Like Darius Slayton and Jalen Hyatt could just literally play the deep ball role and just take plays. Each, you know, hey, you go run a go route, uh, and then Hyatt comes in and runs a go route, and then Slayton comes back in, and they just alternate. So I think Hodgins ha- is the most likely to be out there the most. So if I had to pick one, it'd be Hodgins. So why is Wandale Robinson or Jalen Hyatt, why do they have any dynasty value? They're young, high draft picks from this regime. So I think that's, um, you but have this to factor regime that also in. re-signed Darius Slayton. Mm-hmm. They went out and signed Paris Campbell. Yep. 
they went and got Isaiah Hodgins and put him in a role that you're saying he's the number one receiver. Yep. They traded draft capital for Darren Waller. Yep. <laughs> so everything they've done like, said, like, like I said, I'm not sure is... we we consider them anything other than you're just their pieces to a machine that's going to need nine players to be a good offense. So I just, it's baffling people go, oh, Wandale Robinson could break out. And I like Wandale, but like it did, he's, he is a roster clogger. I will, I will bet 99% chance he is a roster clogger. Yeah. Like I said, when we started this, it's a big cluster. I still think Wandale could be fine, but I think his only thing is the ACL tear. Like he's got a, it is will he ever have Rondale Moore's stats? Yeah, because Rondale Moore doesn't have much stats. But Rondale Moore, if you actually look at his numbers, like it's not like Wandale's just gonna step up and do that right away. Right. If you look at I mean Rondale Moore's been injured a lot, but if you look at like his per game numbers for his career, mm-hmm. you're like, that's not bad. It's like wide receiver fifty. He's still I mean, Ron, it, Rondale Moore's a roster clogger. So I just I just don't see the path for Wandale. It just depends on if he's ready to start the season. Like last year, I said, man, Chris Godwin ain't playing until halfway through the season. Here he is out there week one, and he was playing. So if Wandale could it, – it, we don't know yet just because we don't know how these recoveries are going to go for sell. these guys. Yeah, I agree. He could be a sell because there's so many different people, and you, can, yeah, and you can buy him another time. So I get that, but – I'm, uh, if I have to choose, like my favorite three to hold on to, it'd probably be Hodgins, Hyatt, and Wandale. If I had to choose three of these okay. guys, Hodgins, you already said you think he could get volume, but you even yep. admit the reason you say Wandale and Hyatt has nothing to do with their production. It's because they're young and they have some value. That's why it's you young, them. and this regime drafted them. Yep. They did not care one bit about Darius Slayton at all. There was so many rumors about him getting traded or cut um, prior to the season, but he literally came in and bailed them out when they had nobody else, and Kenny Galladay was out there stealing their money. And then they turned around and gave him a two-year deal worth yeah, over six probably, million a year, <laughs> probably for faith because, like, hey, we recognize what you did. Why they signed Paris Campbell and Jamison Crowder, I couldn't tell you because they have literally like five or six slot receivers that we're talking about right here. It's like I don't know what the hell that they, they were thinking. So we'll, we'll see what happens here, but it it is ugly. If, would you agree with me though? If you had to choose three of these guys, it would be Hodgins, Hyatt, and Wandale, or, w- yeah, or it, would you have a different three? Yeah, but it would have nothing to do with their projection. It would have all to do with what three would I have to have if I had them on a roster? Who would I prefer so that I could turn around and package them for some sort of uh, pick capital? Okay, like that that well, would be what drive my motivation to be wanting in the Giants receiver business. So it's I right. think we're on the same page. It's just why yeah. we're getting there. Might, we might be saying it differently, but I guarantee that's what's driving why you would rather have them because you're not sitting here saying it's a guarantee that Wandale Robinson or Jalen Hyatt are outproducing Darius Slayton. Yeah, and so. the only one who cares that we went on for 15 minutes about Giants receivers is Brandon from Destination Debbie. So you're well, welcome. Brandon's Brandon. even said they just are signing as many guys as possible so that they can just have five of them out there at one time and just Daniel Jones just flip the ball in space to all of them which is bad for that's going to be terrible for fantasy. Yep, agreed. 
Tight ends. Darren Waller, Daniel Bellinger stops there. Lawrence Cager, if you still had him from last year, you can cut. Tommy Sweeney's a blocker, and the rest of those guys you would never have on your rosters anyway. So Waller, Bellinger, that's it. Yeah, and I think Bellinger is a uh, kind of a sneaky buy. Yeah, I think people are like, oh, Darren Waller, yeah. You can you can get him for again dynasty discipline if you're willing to trade away that three ten that you're about to draft Chris Rodriguez with, you could probably get Daniel Bellinger. Yep, and then free agent wise, I could see them being in the Zeke Fournette Hunt range for another running back, possibly maybe maybe a Marlon Mack. I could see a Justin Jackson, Kenyon Drake, any of these guys. Honestly, I could see them being um, in the uh, sweepstakes for those guys. Yep. All right, on to Philadelphia now. So quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts. They did sign Marcus Mariota to be their backup. Ian Book, if you had Ian Book on your roster, just probably orphan your team. And then Tanner McKee, don't draft Tanner McKee either. So basically Hurts and maybe Mariota. I know you dropped quite a bit of Mariota last year um, after his Falcons stuff where he quit on the team or whatever. Um, Are you picking Mariota back up now that he's on the Eagles, or what are you doing with Mariota? I mean – I dropped him because he bailed on the Falcons and they basically canned him for the rest of the year. And then they released him because remember he signed a two year deal. So they cut him, but I was also banking, you know, I don't know if he gets another job. And then meanwhile, he jumps right back into probably the best damn offense in the NFC. And now he's the backup in an offense that probably fits his skill set even better than the Falcons did. So He's not that good, but honestly, if Jalen Hurts missed a game or two, couldn't you see him putting up a top fifteen fantasy week? And you're like, what the hell? I mean, so you yeah. got to pick him. You got to pick him back up. I don't really prioritize getting him, but like if he's out on waivers or he's available in your rookie draft, I would much rather draft Marcus Mariota in my rookie draft than any non top five quarterback in this year's class. Like I'd rather have him over Jake Hayner, Stetson Bennett, whatever. You know, I, or I just trade back and get a pick where I can still take him versus draft one of those guys. Yeah, so, you, yeah. you'd rather have the top six quarterbacks in this draft class. I get it. Yeah. Who's the other one? Aiden O'Connell. You got it. Thanks, Eric. But All no, right, yeah, right. He, he's a top five backup. You got to probably hold him with the offense that he's in and his skill set. Fair or not, whether you like him or not. So, yeah, I shouldn't have dropped those six or seven Mariota shares that I did. I think I've only gotten like two back. Okay. Uh, running backs now. So the, here's some interesting ones on this uh, that I want to talk about. So DeAndre Swift, Kenny Gainwell, Rashad Penny. I think those guys are pretty much universally owned everywhere. But Boston Scott, Trey Sermon, and Kennedy Brooks. I don't think Kennedy Brooks is probably owned anywhere. But I've had to drop some Trey Sermons, especially with them adding Penny and Swift. I mean, they've done everything they can to add people ahead of them. So Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's, I was listening to a podcast, I think it was Underdog, and they brought up a good point, like, they're not going to keep around Trey Sermon and make him a game day inactive every single week if they don't like him. You know what I mean? Like, they would have just cut him or used that spot somewhere else, but they literally kept him around the entire season and just made him a game day inactive every time. So they do like him a little bit, but, man, he is just kind of buried now. But have they you like ended him? up having to cut him? 
Yeah, I've cut a couple of them, but again, they like him, but they've also re-signed Boston Scott, signed Rashad Penny, and traded for DeAndre Swift. So, like, everything right. they've done says, we hope this guy, we wish him well, we hope he maybe could make the roster, but, like, we're expecting he doesn't make the roster. Yeah. I've even cut some Boston Scott, because I think he's basically like Matt Breida. Yeah, I've ended up, I had to cut one of Boston Scott as well for the same reason, like, he has a lot more competition ahead of him now. Like, I think he makes the roster as, like, the special teams type player. You know, I just don't think he's going to be that that guy who plays the Giants and has two random touchdowns like he like he's had, like, every time. And we'll be sitting here in week 10, and it'll be a Boston Scott game. Because mm-hmm. all the other, I mean, guarantee there'll be a game where Swift and Penny are hurt. Yep. And it'll happen in FFPC where me and you uh, pick up the other Eagles running back and Boston Scott's the one that kills it. Yep. So, I mean, just like Dallas, you got to probably keep the top four here unless you really okay. need a roster spot. You could justify cutting Boston Scott, but even you, you could say you could say five. Like, I know people are rostering Trey Sermon. Let me see if I have any Trey Sermons. I don't think I do. Trey I think I might Sermon. have a couple left, but nope, I know – for my rookie drafts, I've had to cut a couple. So, yeah. Um, wide receivers is super easy. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. I don't want anybody else. Yeah, the, you, you know this is a, you know this is a team that's. I mean, I hate to say it, but man, they're a they're an AJ Brown or Devontae Smith injury away from their receivers being yucky. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, and they're they, gonna, they would have to. And, Zacchaeus, but like, yeah, they're. They, I think if that happened, they would go to a lot more two tight end sets. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I agree. And, you don't roster Zacchaeus or Quez Watkins. They're roster cloggers. Even almost, they're almost best ball roster cloggers too. Like the fact that they have both of them, I really yeah. don't even want to roster them in best ball. There's other offenses I'd rather have because I think they'll. Yeah, they, they both play the, the same spot. Yep. Yeah, they might go to the second, and they signed Dan Arnold, which is a guy that. You know, he's basically a receiver that plays tight end. Like, I'm not sure those guys are even better than he is. Yeah. I think I think they could be maybe in the market for another wide receiver. Like, I could see, like, Jarvis Landry signing there. I think Jarvis Landry might be a decent spot, but it would just eat into the whole Zacchaeus-Wadkins-Landry pie. So it's a new we'll see what happens landing there. spot. Would be interesting, but I wouldn't love that for fantasy. Like that would that would crush them all, wouldn't it? Yeah, like all three of them would feel the effect. So I because Jalen Hurts isn't a high volume passer. No, and he showed last year he can sustain three targets for you, but that's it. Like I, I ain't and it's all efficiency. It's yeah, all efficiency. Yep. So yeah, I as long as they have their top three, I'm I'm good. I'll, I want those three assets, but anyone else after that, probably not. So well, didn't didn't people keep weren't people a lot of people mocking receivers to Philly sometimes too? Yeah, I, I've seen a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um. All right. So tight ends. I know there's probably three tight ends here that you like and probably roster, maybe four. Probably uh, less I, than you think. Okay, so Goddard, definitely keeping him. Jack Stoll, no thanks. I know Grant Calcaterra was one of your favorites that you probably still have quite a few of. 
I've picked up some Dan Arnolds when there was like really nobody else to pick up this offseason just to kind of see where he landed. I do like this spot, and I think he would be the tight end two on this team, especially if Goddard went down. I could see Dan Arnold having some good weeks. So Dan Arnold's probably somebody I would want to keep um, in two tight end leagues or higher premium leagues. If it's just like 1.5, no thanks. Probably none of these guys other than Goddard in, in those kind of leagues. But like in our deeper premiums or, or start two tight ends, I'll keep them. And then Tyree Jackson is the other one. I know you've rostered uh, quite a few times. So, yeah, give me your thoughts on these tight ends. Uh, Yeah, Tyree Jackson. I cut all the Tyree Jacksons. I still have some Dan Arnolds. Um, tons of Grant Calcaterra. I actually had to cut a couple Grant Calcaterras, but I'm at... 38% Grant Talcantara, so I can justify cutting one or two here and there, you know, because I have enough of them already. But, uh, yeah, it's three tight ends, and uh forgot to mention, uh, um, how many Dalton Keens are you holding on to? No, I cut those about three years ago in New England. How about England. Brady Russell? Ever even heard of him? No. Probably their long snapper. <laughs> yeah, no, it's three tight ends, but I kind of agree with you. I think Grant Calcaterra or Dan Arnold could be you know, with the with the guys like Calcaterra, he has a pretty good profile. And he actually played a little bit last year, which is like the most you could expect from a sixth-round pick that's a tight end, you know? But doesn't mean he gets better in the next year he's the backup. Like, easily, yeah. if Goddard goes out, they just bring in somebody else, or they don't use the tight end. And that's why I think Dan Arnold was a good signing for them, because he's basically a receiver. Yeah, They could and change their could... personnel. Like, he's not, he's not a tight end like Dallas Goddard. He's, like, 230 pounds. Like, he would be more of, like, a slot receiver. So, I could just see them using, using essentially, him. Dan Arnold as another receiver, just playing four receivers, basically. So, yeah, I, right. I think he's – it's a good spot for him, honestly. Better than if he would have gone back to Jacksonville, because I think in Jacksonville, he's buried. Yeah, they didn't even use him last year. So Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I've um, held on to some uh, Dan Arnold's. All right, on to Washington. So quarterbacks, pretty much just Sam Howe and Jacoby Brissett right now. You know, obviously they're not going to bring in Carson Wentz. Maybe if things aren't going good between these guys, maybe a Teddy Bridgewater, but I probably don't see that either. I think they would just kind of stick with what they got. But, yeah, I think just Howe and, and Brissett right now. Would you agree with that? Yep. i got to have both. Don't and mind if I have both. I would be also willing to trade one or the other if I could get starter price for Sam Howe. I would take Jacoby Brissett. Just hedge my bets. Okay. Running backs, I think this is pretty simple, too. There's three of them. Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, and Chris Rodriguez Jr. If you can get him in the round four or five range for your rookie drafts, he's basically just a Brian Robinson replacement, one for one. They both do the same thing. They're both just hammers. They're not going to do much in the receiving game, but they're just, you know, one for one replacement there. Jonathan Williams, Jarrett Patterson are cuts. Yeah. Do you know of any backfield that has three guys that are at least 225 plus pounds? Not off the top of my head, no. That's like a rarity in today's game. Like, 80% of running backs are under 220. So these, I mean, they literally have like three hammers. And now you don't think of Antonio Gibson as a hammer, but he's like 6'1", 230. You know, like he's yeah, big. He, yeah, for sure. So yeah, they pretty pretty straightforward backfield. People hate this backfield. I'm kind of like, I'll take all three. Yeah, why not? Uh, wide receivers here. So I think... 
This one's pretty easy, too. It's just three of them for me. McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and Curtis Samuel I think you can still hold on to. But Diami Brown, Dax Milne, yeah, no thanks on any of these guys. I'm I'm not taking them. Yeah, and you know what's funny is Curtis Samuel is one of those guys you couldn't even get a third for, but I actually don't mind having some Curtis Samuel. I could still see him being having usable weeks. Like He's an awesome best ball player, and people are sick of him because he's been around for six years. Yeah, but I, like I agree. if you're in a best ball league and you can take Curtis Samuel instead of drafting, you know, anybody that's going in the third round, I'd rather do that. Nope. Not even close. And then here's another interesting tight end room. So Logan Thomas, oh, God, John Bates, room drives me nuts. Armani Rogers and Cole Turner. Like I know those are four guys you probably roster on quite a bit of teams. Yeah, I'll let you break it down for me. Break me down the the Washington tight end room. Well, you don't want John Bates. So, and anytime that's a Ray, f- that's a Ray Garvin favorite there. Yeah, well, that's before Ray uh, listened to me on the Raz stuff because John <laughs> Bates runs like a four nine five. <laughs> He's really slow, so you don't want John Bates. But I'm looking at my tight end shares. Let's see, Armani Rogers is my highest rostered tight end, 19 leagues. Uh, shortly followed by Cole Turner, who is my third highest rostered tight end in 18 leagues. And Logan Thomas, I don't have as much Logan Thomas, only because at some point he had value. And, you know, there's there was also rumors that he wouldn't be on the roster. I only have a couple Logan Thomas. But, yes, I am heavily invested in both Cole Turner and Armani, Armani Rogers, and just hoping one of them is okay. Armani Rogers is the smaller Raz freak. And Cole Turner had better capital and probably a more complete tight end profile. But Rogers was the as the former quarterback. He's right? a quarterback from Ohio yeah. and converted to tight end. And I mean, I they like they they hyped him up a lot last year because sometimes those positional converts like they take a while. And he they were using him right away as a rookie, so that's a good sign. But yeah, I, I definitely have one of those two tight ends on pretty much every roster. I mean, combined 37 shares amongst 50 yep. leagues. So there's – could do worse. They don't have anybody else. They yeah. didn't draft one. That was a team I thought would draft a tight end, didn't you? Yeah, they looked like a team. But, you know, maybe they just like these four guys. Like, they're like, you know, we got other needs. So Is Logan Thomas a little undervalued? People just I have written so. him off. Like, what if he comes out and he gets another 90, 100 targets? Like, he did it three he years is, ago. Like, if you told me at the end of the season he's tight end 10 on the season, like, it wouldn't shock me. You remember he tore his ACL in, like, week 17 and you just buried him last year and then he was back, like, week one? It was like, yeah. everyone was like he was fine and everyone just wrote him off like his career's over and he was back in, like, eight months playing. Yeah, I mean, I we did the same with Godwin. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want him. But then Odell was, and Jamison Williams couldn't couldn't play. So then other guys, I, yeah, take forever. They keep saying yeah, so, he had a setback or he's almost ready. And then yeah, Lo- Logan Thomas shocked me because he's a big tight end and literally tore his ACL in January yeah. of 2022. And they're like, he's he's ready for opening day. Like even in like preseason, they're like, yeah, he's cleared to play. Like, yeah. dude, that was like eight months. How the hell was it? How did that work? Yeah, it's just it's crazy how some some guys are different. All right, on to Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields. I don't want anybody else. Yeah, 
Do you PJ think they maybe Walker, Nathan Peterman, Tyson Bagnett? No thanks. I've seen people pick up PJ Walker just because they're like he's similar to Justin Fields, but you you good he on PJ feels... Walker. He feels like Cooper Rush to me. Like, he's just a guy. Like, I don't know if he would even give you any fantasy upside if he had, if you had to start him. No Nathan Peterman? No. Remember last week? Remember last year, that week, where he was supposed to start? Yeah, it was Peterman and Simeon. Simeon got hurt in warm-ups. And then so they Peterman said he, like, was supposed to start. He yeah. strained his oblique in warm-ups, and Peterman was going to start, and then they ended up starting Simeon. People yeah. picked up Peterman. They were stuck with him for a week. Yep, and uh, I ended up I ended up starting Peterman in a league yes, because you I did. was going you... between both of them, and I got screwed because it was like literally like one like that minute of the lineup blocks. I, got I think you were on the sit them. start show, weren't you? Then you had already uh, put Peterman in. Yeah, but I was doing it on my phone. I could you know do it, and yeah, it's. Didn't work out. It happened. Anyway, too much time talking about those guys next. Yeah. Running backs. Here's another interesting running back room since, I mean, we probably have four or four of the five of these guys on quite a bit of our rosters, but. I cut all my trust in Ebner's. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I've, I've cut most of them too. I think I might still have a couple, but yeah, it's not as many as we had last year. But Deontay Foreman, Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson, those guys you probably want to be carrying as many as you can. Travis Homer, I, I cut all those last year. And Tristan Ebner, we just talked about, yeah, he's he's buried on this team. He's probably just going to be a special teams guy. I mean, the fact they signed Travis Homer tells you they, they don't even really want Tristan Ebner. So yeah. that, that that was the sign for me to say I got to cut Tristan Ebner because, like, yeah, I they agree. went out of their way to bring in another special teams only running back. Yeah, I agree. Uh, wide receivers on this team. Wow. I think D- DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney are the three starters right now. So that's a pretty good starting core for Justin Fields. A lot better than what it was last year when he mm-hmm. was like Pettis and St. Brown and Bayless Jones and Byron Pringle. Like, woof. But yeah, I mean, a lot better this year with DJ Moore, Claypool, and Mooney. And, you know, the rest of these guys, St. Brown, Dante Pettis, I'm cutting those guys. Valus Jones, I've ended up cutting quite a bit too. Like, And the only reason I had him is I just picked him up for free off of waivers at the end of the year. I think I had like five or six shares of him, but I've c- completely cut him out. Tyler Scott's a little interesting because I do like the talent, uh, but I think I've only drafted one share of him so far. Um it's probably hard to to hold on to him, but people are calling him like a Darnell Mooney replacement if they don't re-sign Darnell Mooney this offseason. So I know you're probably not taking Tyler Scott. He went too late in the draft for you, but somebody to at least keep an eye on. You don't have to, like, take him right now. I mean, he was a fourth-round pick, so it's not like he went too late for me, but I'm I'm just looking at him going like, okay, they still have three of those guys you mentioned that sucked last year. You know, they still have St. Brown, yeah. Dante Pettis, well, and you got to have Davis some Jones. depth. Yeah. Right. But my, my point is, I think those three guys are still good enough to, I mean, would you be shocked if Tyler Scott's not even active? No, I could see it because St. Brown and Pettis earned their, their te- uh, roster spot last year, I think. And it would probably be between Scott and Valus Jones every week to see who's active or inactive. But I, I mean, a team's only going to draft. We're only going to sit. We're probably only going to start five, five receivers usually, yeah, plus so, a kick yeah. returner. So yeah, yeah. they're all rostered. This is a it's a 
it's good for Justin Field that literally three of his top four options for last year are now backups. Like literally St. Brown, mm-hmm. Pettis, and T- Belis Jones are like his wide receiver four, five, and six instead of two, three, and four. Yeah. Last year. So yeah, I mean it's a it's a good receiver room, but for fan even in best ball, I don't really want to pick the wide receiver four on the Bears. Yep. And then tight ends, you got Cole Komet, Robert Tunyon, Jake Tongs, Chase Allen, and Steven Carlson. I mean, I think Komet and Tunyon are going to be the only two uh, you would even think about, but I've even, I think I cut all my Tunyons too. Like, I don't like this situation at all for him. Yeah, I mean, Tunyon is a, unless he's tied to a hyper-efficient offense, he's not a target earner. So, like, even if he can even if he is a quote unquote starter for a couple weeks, like he's still probably very boomer bust. So, I mean, I guess best ball, you could justify having Tanyan. Like I'd rather have Tanyan. If I have Justin Fields in best ball, I'd rather have him as my fourth or fifth tight end versus somebody else. But mm-hmm. that's still pending that he makes the team. Like ever since he tore his ACL, he hasn't been anything. Yeah. So and there's a chance that he just doesn't even make the roster. So yeah, yeah pretty straightforward. You know, bears receivers, three receivers and really just Cole Komet. Yep. Done. Okay. Uh, on to the Lions now. I think this is pretty easy too. Jared Goff, Hendon Hooker. You're going to hold on to those two. Nate Sudfeld. I'm not interested in. And then Scott probably still has a couple. Adrian Martinez shares still sitting around from his Debbie leagues. Nope. <laughs> but no, I did have a lot of Adrian Martinez. But that was back in like 2020, 2019. Yeah. Woof. All right, running backs, Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery. I think those guys are pretty much locks on your roster. Craig Reynolds, I've ended up having to cut a couple shares, but I could see, you know, still holding on to him in in the deeper leagues. Mohamed Ibrahim, you know, I've seen him go to waivers. I see him get drafted late in our fifth rounds. I'll take a shot at him and see what happens. It, it just that's just one of those guys that you talk about. Like you can see if he makes the roster or not. And if he doesn't, you just cut him. So, and then Jamar Jefferson, I, st- I still like the talent there, but he's in the same boat as Ibrahim. Either he makes the roster or he doesn't. Yeah, I mean the problem with Jefferson is they've had what three or four running backs they've brought in since they had him. Yeah. So like it. Hard to say that he's probably anything other than a, a camp body that they'll see if they'll make the team. So yeah, Craig Reynolds yeah. is one where he could easily be the wider, or he's the favorite in the clubhouse to be the running back three. And like yeah, they I mean, used they three running him backs to a, an a extension last year during they the like year. him. Yeah, they, like they love him. him. Yeah, this uh, could also be a team that brings in another running back just randomly though. Oh yeah, I could see I could see them. Hey, Justin Jackson, you want to come back? I could easily see that. So, mm-hmm. yep. Um, all right, so now on to Detroit's wide receivers. So obviously, Jamison Williams, he's not listed on here, but you're keeping Jamison Williams. Uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, you're keeping. I would kind of think of the rest of these guys are roster cloggers. I think you could hold on to Marvin Jones, especially with Jamison Williams out for a couple weeks. I think Marvin Jones could at least be, you know, somewhat useful there. Josh Reynolds, two up and down for me. I would cut him roster clogger. Khalif Raymond, roster clogger. Um, I liked Antoine Green's talent, but I'm not taking a seventh round receiver. So, yeah, what do you think on the receivers? Best ball. 
I know it's easy to say in best ball, but before you draft that uh, fourth round running back, try to trade for Marvin Jones. I could see yeah. Marvin Jones being good for best ball. Yeah, I agree. I mean, not line up unless it's start 12 or later, but like best ball, he should be a guy that, and it's interesting, if you play in best ball, there's a weird phenomenon where as soon as you try to want a player like Marvin Jones, his price goes up, even though the person that has him literally couldn't have gotten anything for him for like the last three years. Yeah. And But as soon as you want him, it's like, oh, well, actually, he could be usable. I'm not going to trade you for a third. But yeah, he's the kind of guy, like, probably get to, we're going to get to the closer to the season. You're going to start seeing projections come out. And you're going to go, wow, Marvin Jones, 107 targets. Where the hell did that come from? Yeah. But without J-Mo, like, He's probably the favorite to be the wide receiver too, yeah. right? Yeah, and no DJ Chark anymore either. Yep. Yep, so, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, tight end. So Sam Laporta obviously is going to be the starter. Brock Wright, James Mitchell, and Shane Zilstra. So Zilstra might be a guy that makes the roster as like the last roster but spot. I don't want him though. Brock Wright and James Mitchell. I, I've ended up having to cut a couple of James Mitchells. I know you you don't like him because of his RAS score. Uh, Brock Wright has a pretty good RAS score, so I've held on to probably all my Brock Wrights so far. Uh, but yeah, what are you doing with Wright and Mitchell? I mean, I like Brock Wright, but you know, I think the it's twofold because they obviously drafted Sam Laporta pretty high, and then you know, go check out what Ray was talking about with the lines. They just don't use the tight end either. Yeah. So, I mean, you can even say it might be an indictment on Sam Laporta. I mean, I see people taking him in the late first. It's like, I, yeah. you know, I'd almost rather have Brock Wright for free. But, yep. yeah, if you needed to cut Brock Wright, I, he's he's one of those where, like, he's the bottom 10, 20% of most of my teams if I have him. So he's, like, one of the four or five that I click on. I go, huh, I can justify cutting him because I also have a ton of, a ton of Brock Wright, like probably seven, eight maybe 10. So yeah, you could justify cutting them in a couple. Yep. And then looking here on to green Bay now. So this will be interesting. Uh, Jordan love. I think that's the only quarterback you can handle here. Uh, Sean Clifford. If you drafted him, don't know what you're doing. You probably haven't watched college football. Sean Clifford is absolutely awful. You'd rather have Danny Etling. Yes. Or you just hope John Clifford, Jordan Love doesn't go down. Like, I get it. Like, Sean Clifford's probably better than Danny Etling. Like, Sean Clifford is going to be the backup on this team. But if Jordan Love gets hurt, this Are team. They dead? Like, it, like, seriously, like, we've seen it before. Week one, freak injury. You know, somebody dives at Jordan Love's leg, torn ACL. This is a Caleb Williams team if Jordan Love goes out like week one. Absolutely. You don't think they'd go sign like a Carson Wentz or Teddy Bridgewater or something like that? They wouldn't start Sean Clifford. I mean, yeah, they they are gonna. This could definitely be a, a a Carson Wentz team for sure, or a Bridgewater team. Like those guys have to sign here, so I could. You know who? You know who they'll sign? Them. Here's who they'll who? sign. They'll sign Joe Flacco. Watch. Yeah, they could do that. Yep, because that's going to be the guy, Joe Flacco. Yep, I could see that, but um, as it is constructed right now, like if this team lost Jordan Love, it you know might as well just pencil in Caleb Williams as the starter next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, please don't draft Sean Clifford or even pick him up off waivers. Like, what are we doing? Don't do that. 
How many rookie quarterbacks would you rather have over Sean Clifford? Every one of them, even the undrafted ones. Tyson Badgen over him? Yes, Tyson Badgenet and uh, there's Malik Cunningham. Yeah, Malik Cunningham. Yeah, give me all of them. Wow. He got legit <laughs> top 150 draft capital, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And everybody laughed at him. No thanks. Who do you right. hate worse, Sean Clifford or Trace McSorley? Uh, I I would rather have Clifford over McSorley. Christian Hackenberg? Uh, I'd rather have Hackenberg over both. That's a that's a nice trio for Penn State fans to be proud of right there, isn't it? Uh, JT Barrett I'd rather have. I'd rather have uh, Braxton Miller. I'd rather have uh who is the who is the one uh Ohio State uh Cardale Jones? No, I I know Cardale. There was was it like Kenny Guyton? He was like a six year senior. Was that the name? Kenny Guyton? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd rather have him. Chris Leak from Florida. Yeah, great bring back like Steve Belisari from the from the nineties. I'll take him. Yeah. Fun fact, Steve Belisari's brother, who also played for Ohio State, did both of my knee surgeries. Nice. Cool dude. Yeah, cool nice. dude. All right, running backs. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. I think those are the... Eh, you, you've mentioned you have some Lou Nichols, so that you could probably hold on to him. But I, I think I've pretty much close to getting rid of all my Tyler Goodsons. Like, he didn't even get on the field last year. I, so I'm guessing you're the same way on Tyler Goodson, even though we like him. It liked him, but that was also when he was a UDFA. They had a decent spot then. Yeah, and he literally even never even got a sniff. I never heard his name during the season. Did you? No, and and that's shocking because he was really good during the preseason too. Like he had some really good games. So uh, I don't know what happened there, but it'll be somebody I at least keep in the back of my mind, but off off of my rosters right now. Um, wide receivers, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, Jaden Reed. Definitely want all three of those guys. I think the rest of these guys I'm not too interested in. Um, maybe some Dontavian Wicks and just kind of see what happens there. If you need like a fifth round pick to maybe try out. He don't, was a don't fifth take rounder. The bait. Don't take the bait. I just said maybe that's it, but I mean he's at best the fourth receiver. Grant Dubose, you're not taking Samori Torre. He had a couple nice plays. No thanks. Bo Melton, I know he was a favorite last year. No thanks. Um, but yeah, I think you agree. Just probably the three receivers. Yep. Noticing a theme, most teams are you want three receivers and just don't waste your time on the. Let's yeah. see what happens. Let's see what happens. But yeah, I agree with you. I mean. Sometimes, you know, you got to maybe at least take one shot at some of these guys because maybe they end up being Romeo Dubs. Like, no, you don't. You did, That's not how you, it works. You know why you don't take a shot? Because you can always get those guys on the rebound when they show something. I understand that. But when you're in a shitty draft class like this and you're sitting in round five and you're looking at Sean Clifford or Dontavian Wicks, you got. I'm taking Dontavian Wicks. That's why we told people at the beginning of the show, get rid of those picks before you're sitting on the clock at the 506 and you have to pick Dontavian Wicks. I agree 100%. So. It literally trade up in the fourth round so you can get one pick ahead of where you were going to pick so that you don't have to pick a fifth round pick. 
I've done that a couple times. You know what the best part about that trade is? I can close out my browser and not have to make any of those picks. I'll just hit the waivers in a couple weeks. All right. Tight ends. Uh, this one's easy. The two rookies, Musgrave and Kraft. I don't want anybody else. Yep. Move on. Yeah, move on. Vikings. So uh, quarterbacks right now for the Vikings are Kirk Cousins, Nick Mullins, and Jaron Hall. So I could see people rostering all three of these guys right now. I'm, Mullins is probably a guy I don't want until the season starts when he's the backup and maybe Cousins gets hurt. Um, but have you taken any Jaron Halls yet? Eh, maybe I'll pick them up off waivers, but no, I'll never draft any yeah. Jaron Halls. I don't draft... Uh quarterbacks that were in round four, five, six, seven, like you do. I it's only Aiden O'Connell for me, buddy. You haven't I mean, drafted uh, any Stetson Bennett or Jay Kaners? I traded for the one Stetson Bennett that you had. And that's because you had Stafford, but that, I there there's gonna be a point where you're gonna go, man, I need to cut this Stetson Bennett. Yeah. Probably. Um running back. So Dalvin Cook, Madison, Ty Chandler Dwayne McBride, I think those are the only four you can roster. Ken A. Longnew is just a special teams player at this point. Um, but, yeah, I think you agree with me on those four running backs. Yeah, do you like Dwayne McBride over Ty Chandler? No, Ty Chandler is a way better player. Okay, but, yeah, they have four, like some of these other teams, they have four I, Honestly, I want them... Yeah, I want them to trade or, or cut Dalvin, and let's just let Madison and Chandler run this out. And I think they would be just fine, so... That's kind of what I'm hoping for at this point. Yeah, got to roster all four. That's for sure. Yep. Wide receivers, I think it's just Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, KJ Osborne, and that's it. Like, I don't want any of these other Jalen Ragers, Jalen Naylor, Brandon Powell. Like, if there's some injuries here, like, sure, but I don't think they're going to be anything special. Yep. Absolute waste, even in best ball. I don't want Jalen Naylor yep. or Jalen Rager. No thanks. Uh, tight ends, TJ Hawkinson and Josh Oliver. You can definitely roster. Johnny Munt is just a blocker. Ben Elfison, not interested in him. Nick Muse, not really too interested in him anymore either. So I think you agree, Hawkinson and Oliver, and that's it. Yeah, and that they, they might have the best tight end tandem for one of them between those two. So, yeah, yeah. I, Josh Oliver is one that I've had to cut a couple times earlier in the season, but... You know, like, listen, is he going to be a major target if Hawkinson isn't there? No, but they paid him, and he he does have a pretty good receiving profile despite him not being able to do much in his first four years. So, yeah, I'm interested in Josh Oliver. So, I agree. Yep. They don't – other than the running backs, this is a pretty slim three receivers, two tight ends. That's it. There's not really any speculative young guys on this team to take shots on. Right. Yep, I agree with that. All right, so before we get into the NFC South and the rest of the uh, NFC rosters, we're going to take a quick little break here and tell you about Underdog Fantasy. Hey, Destination Devi listeners, Eric here of the America's Game podcast, and hopefully by now you've heard that Underdog Fantasy has partnered up with Destination Devi. You want to get in all of these year-long best ball contests and compete with Ray Garvin, Ike and Gene of the Off the Line Fantasy Podcast, Adam and Mike of 4D Chess, and Scott Connor and myself at the America's Game Pod, well, now is your chance. If you sign up with the code America's Game, all one word, 
you will get a 100% deposit match up to $100 free by Underdog Fantasy. The best part of that, though, if you deposit at least $10, you will get access to the Destination Debbie Discord for free. You'll get it for one full year, and now is the time to do it right before the NFL Draft and get all those goodies that are going on right now in the Destination Debbie Discord. And right now, as we know, it is tax money season. Are you getting any money back? Why don't you take $100 and deposit it on Underdog Fantasy, and you'll get a free 100 from Underdog, and you'll get access to Destination Debbie. There is no better deal going on right now than that. So use that promo code America's Game, once again, all one word, and sign up today. Now, back to the show. All right, now we are going to get into the Atlanta Falcons. So at the quarterback position for Atlanta right now, pretty simple here as well. Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke, I think are the only two guys you can roster. Um, I would surprise Logan Woodside's even there, but I think he just knows Arthur Smith's system and he brought him in. So uh, Ritter and Heineke, and that's it, right? Yep, that's it. Running backs, B. John Robinson, Tyler Algier, Cordero Patterson. Those are the only three I want to roster, and the rest of these guys are on the waivers. Caleb Huntley, Avery Williams, no thanks. Um, cutting those guys. Do you think with uh, them adding Bijan and obviously still having Pitts in London, I mean, do you think what, – what do you think – I'm just curious. I was thinking about this yesterday. What do you think Cordero Patterson's role is? Do you think it's going to be back to the – six to eight touches and he like he's more of just a gadget player now versus he's really going to get many carries or many routes it's just kind of going to be like sporadic yeah i think he could be a guy that ends up um being more of like the the limited touch guy you know doing rushing and receiving i could see like them using him as like hey here's maybe a series a half we'll give Bijan a rest so we don't overwork Bijan in his rookie year, you know, so maybe like a series every half, it will just be Cordell Patterson and Bijan maybe sits on the sidelines for a, for a series or something like that. Yeah. I mean, he's probably one of those guys where they, they probably want to preserve him to use in a game that if it really matters, they can go to him. They don't want to overwork him because he is 31 years old. So I can see him being. Yeah. Like, like a, a series, a half. Like I think that could work. I still want to roster him, but actually it mm-hmm. makes it, even tougher to you think Algier got nuked in the draft Cordero Patterson definitely did in lineup leagues oh yeah for sure um on to the wide receivers now uh this is a capital W O O F woof I mean it's really it's it's literally Drake London and and you can you can you can make a case for Matt Collins just because no, of what I'm he did last year. But Collins, he's always been a roster clogger. Yeah, but I mean, even in last year in best ball leagues, he was in your lineup multiple times last year. Okay, best ball, but that applies to like thirty or forty more receivers. But yeah, in lineup right. leagues, Matt Collins is somebody that once projections come out, you might go, "Oh, someone likes Matt Collins. Like, can you get a fourth for him? Can you get Fab for him? Like, yeah, done, gone." Right. Agree. Yeah, like Scotty Miller, who signed there. No thanks. I didn't realize Penny Hart signed there. That's your Jared boy, Bernhardt. Penny Hart. I did. I liked him, and he hasn't done anything. 
Uh, but yeah, I think it's London, and you can maybe make a case for Hollands. But if you had to cut Hollands, I, I could see it too. So uh, moving on to tight ends, and I think this is probably only two tight ends here, Kyle Pitts and Jonu Smith, and you can make your case for Felipe Franks. No, he's like, I don't have to make a case for Felipe Franks. Like He's a positional convert, really good RAS score, even if you adjust for tight end, but he's a quarterback. Like he literally could pop up on the radar in like two years, and you're like, "Where the hell did this guy come from?" Well, it took him four years to figure out how to play tight end. Like they right. keep him around, but even when they literally have nobody else, like it's not like they use him or even tried to use him or do anything creative with him. So until then, right. you, you can cut him. You can always get him back. Right. Is right. Atlanta one of those teams where literally there's what four or five players total you would even roster? Yeah, yeah. It's three of them are running backs. And then one receiver, maybe two tight ends, and then obviously the quarterbacks you're going to keep in any league. But, yeah, it's yeah. it's like five five or six. Mm-hmm. It's probably, honestly, for fantasy, it's probably the shallowest team, which is people hate it for fantasy, but you know what I like for fantasy? The most? Points. points. But you know what else I like for fantasy? When they don't have a bunch of random players that they spread the volume out. Like, you yeah. might not like the volume, but it's – would you be shocked if the top three target share players on a team, the highest concentration in the league is Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and Bijan? Yeah. <laughs> I always found it funny last year. Or, you know, people always like say, oh, Drake London, his target share, his target share. He's like, whatever it was, like 25 or 30%. Yeah. Top in the they league, like the... 32% because they only threw it 24 yeah. times and he gets they... eight of them. Yeah, they threw the ball fifteen times and he had eight targets. No, no shit. He's gonna be the target. Well, but have a high you, target percentage. If you understand how those things work, if the offense is good, they can raise the volume, and that helps for fantasy. But you want to see at least the percentages be in your favor before you start raising the volume. I, mean, I just think people don't like the situation. What they really don't like, and here's. It drives me crazy because I listen to a ton of content and it drives me crazy. They don't like the volume. No, they don't have a volume problem. They have a quality problem. Their team sucks. Their offense sucks. That's why they don't throw the ball a lot. If you could throw the ball double what you throw, you would. So it isn't like, oh, Arthur Smith doesn't know what he's doing. If Arthur Smith could throw it 700 times and throw it to Drake London and Kyle Pitts 350 times, he would. But he couldn't because his quarterback sucked. So I think you have to... Hope as much as people don't like Desmond Ritter, you have to hope the offense is good. If the offense is good, the volume will go up and these guys will produce. But they have the concentration that you want. They have three guys. Yeah. Like Drake London is probably going to get 25 to 30% target share. Kyle Pitts, as much as people don't like him, he was second in the league last year in target share for tight ends. But people go, oh, he was a bust. Well, yeah, because his target share was on half the volume that some of these other guys were. I'll, like, I'll tell you what could happen, though, too. If if Ritter does suck this year, you can you can bet I'm going to be buying some Tyler Heineke um, shares. Oh, yeah. Well, it, if, Tyler Heine, if Taylor Heineke comes in, I, you know they'll Taylor let him throw Heineke. a little bit. Yeah, and to have have him chuck it up to Drake London and Kyle Pitts and Bijan, hell yeah, sign me up for that one. Yep, I have... Uh... Quite a bit of Heineke, like five shares of Heineke, and only one Desmond Ritter. So I'm kind of betting on that. So, I think, but yeah, I, I think I'm at zero and zero on both. 
<laughs> I know you. I know you've never had any Desmond Ritter. So, yeah. but I, Heineke could be one of those guys where, especially when Ritter wins the job, I, I'll take some shots on Heineke. Yeah. All right. Um, on to Carolina. So here's an interesting one that I've wanted to ask you. Bryce Young, obviously you're keeping. Andy Dalton, you're keeping. Matt Corral, and then obviously Jacob Eason, you're not. You're holding. But what do you do with Matt Corral? Just because we never really got to see him play, we don't know if he's any good or not. Um, I don't Matt think Corral. this. Re- I don't think this regime knows if he's any good because they're all new too. So, I, I, I could see Corral like it's probably not for this regime, obviously, but for some other regime. He might, you know, we don't know. We, we He's still a lottery ticket. So I was just kind of curious to see what you uh, are doing with him right now. Well, Eric doesn't come in Heisman voice chat anymore, but we had about a 15-minute discussion about Matt Corral like a month ago or like three weeks ago that he would be the perfect guy for like the Cardinals to trade for and just start. Yeah. Because what do they have to lose? Like starting Colt McCoy is absolutely pointless. So, like, he would be a guy that you could see get traded somewhere to a team that goes, okay, we don't have anything to lose this year. Let's just play this guy and see what he has. Uh, but the thing is, the Panthers regime there now didn't draft him, but he's in the worst spot for fantasy because guess what? He's on a third-round contract, and they have no incentive to just get rid of him. So, sure, if they could trade him for, like, a six-round pick, then fine. But is there even a trade market for someone like him? No. And I don't think there's incentive for Arizona to even do that because they might as well just do what the Colts did um, during Peyton Manning's neck injury year. Let's just well, start Jim, Jim Sorge and Curtis Painter and it's not get even the that. first pick. It's not even that. There's a, probably a really good chance that if Matt Corral started in the NFL, he'd be absolutely horrible. But mm-hmm. at least if you were to potentially have him, you could buy yourself a cheap backup for a couple of years. That's what you're hoping for if you give Matt Corral an opportunity. You know, like that. Mm-hmm. But that's the problem is he's not even going to be the backup for the Panthers. They have no incentive to get rid of him. They're just like, yeah, we're just going to develop this guy. But they're not really developing him. He's just sitting there. Like he's more talented than a lot of guys you'd be able to bring in off the street, right? Yeah. But there's no path for him unless they trade him. And the only path where you could get him ever to get a chance to develop would be in a place where they give him a chance to play. Mm-hmm. Which is going to have to be one of like you know half a dozen teams in the league that's so bad that they're just like let's just give this guy a shot second half of the season like it's kind of what you have to hope for. That, otherwise, I've I've cut him for that exact reason. You called it last year like he's going to be a, in a lame duck situation with a new regime that changes everybody out and drafts a quarterback. And what did they do? That exact thing. Yeah. And now he he's more more valuable to the NFL team to sit there and ride out his rookie contract for three more years because he's an adequate quarterback that was a high pedigree recruit that played in the SEC and you have him for dirt cheap for three more years. But we're never going to give him a chance. We're not trying to develop him. He's just there. He's just like a spare part that we have laying around that's worth nothing to anybody else, but it's worth something to you in case there's that 1% chance you might ever need to go to it. Yeah. So he's just he's just stuck. He's stuck. He he needs to go somewhere where they just go. Yeah. You know what? We're so bad. Let's give him a chance. Like, there's been yeah. situations like 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 he easily could have been Davis Mills. He just went in the wrong spot. Yeah. It's it'll be interesting. I think shallow leagues you can justify cutting him. I think in my deeper leagues I might just hold on to him and kind of just. But see what's what the, happens there? What's the path though? Next year you're going to be in the same shot. He needs to get traded. 
I mean, they only signed Dalton for one year, right? So, I mean, he could be the backup next year. Okay. So you're holding I mean, him for I, a whole year to hope he wins the backup job. I mean, or, like, I think preseason is going to be big for him to see what happens. So You're thinking yeah, he's beating I, out Andy Dalton? He's never thrown a pass. No, 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 no. I don't think he's beating out Andy Dalton, but he can showcase himself for other teams. Sure. I mean, he's got Andy Dalton to play to work with, and he's got Josh McCown, and he's got Frank Reich as a coach. Like, this is probably some of the best coaching he's going to get in the NFL. So you're talking yourself into a path here that just is no, no, no. I'm saying just for the biggest roster clogger hole possible. I understand that, but I'm saying for deeper leagues. I'm okay with holding him. Shallow leagues, like your 30-man rosters or 25-man rosters, yeah, let him go. But, you know, our 40-man roster leagues, like, I'd rather have him than Sean Clifford. <laughs> and Sean Clifford's a freaking backup. And you know what? I I don't even want Sean Clifford, but I could argue I'd rather have Sean Clifford or any other backup. And I would call you way. an absolute moron. <laughs> sure. Like, you like Stevie you Wonder have, can see that Sean Clifford sucks. You could have fifty roster uh, spots. I wouldn't roster Matt Corral. So we'll just leave this one be and we'll move on. All right, all right. Running backs: Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, Raheem Blackshear, Spencer Brown, and Cameron Peoples. I've ended up having to cut some Blackshears. Like I don't want to, but. I just need a roster spot, and he's like the last one. So I've ended up having to cut a couple of him. But Sanders and Chuba, you can definitely have to keep those guys. Blackshear, I think for me, is he's on the borderline. Isn't it interesting, though, that we'll cut? And because I've done the same thing, I'm not calling you out. But we will cut Raheem Blackshear. Mm -hmm. But both of us will keep both Salvin Ahmed and Miles Gaskin. Yeah. We'll keep Matt Breida. We'll keep Boston Scott. Like, there is some bias in here. Because you look and you go, is Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard that good that Matt, that Raheem Blackshear can't carve out a role? Right. Yeah, there's other backfields where, like, oh, we got to roster all of them. We got to roster every Dallas running back. We have to roster every Philadelphia running back, every San Francisco running back. Like, there's no way I can cut Jordan Mason or Tyrion Davis Price, but I, Raheem Blackshear, (laughs) he can go. You know, like, Right. I, we are a little biased. Carolina could have a decent running game this year. I assume they're going to try to run the ball a lot yep. with a rookie QB. So and like a good I, offensive line. I and they're other than Miles Sanders, like they have no allegiance to Chuba Hubbard either. Yep. So I mean, and, that, and Blackshear's an undrafted guy, and it was from a different you know regime mm-hmm. coaching staff. At least um, the GM was here. That's about it. But I mean that he's one where I think we just cut him based on oh well, he's buried. But then it's like oh then why are you keeping this guy? He's more buried than Blackshear. Yeah. But I think I think Blackshear might be a guy you're kind of talking me into it. Like I might just end up picking back up if I did drop him and and drop somebody else. So I agree. Yeah, I mean like how many Mike Boons do you have? Not very many anymore. But I'd you have some, have right? Bla- yeah, I'd rather have Blackshear over Boone. And I have a lot of Blackshears too, but I, there's there's backfields where I find myself holding on to them just because of preconceived notions, and then I cut Blackshear, and I go, why am I keeping Dearness Johnson over Raheem Blackshear? Yep. Makes no sense, yet I have, I've cut more Blackshear than Dearness Johnson. So it's, it's just biased that you kind of have to just check yourself. So I think he's worth picking up if he's out there because you just never know. 
I agree. Uh, wide receivers. So I think there's four, maybe five on here. I think you're going to argue for four. And that's Terrace Marshall, DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, and Jonathan Mingo. You're definitely going to want to roster those four. LaVisca Chenault is borderline. I think you're going to tell me he's a clogger. Shy Smith, probably a clogger. Now he's buried. And then any of these other wide receivers are no thanks. Yeah, let me hear. Give me a second. I'm going to look up my uh, clogger guide and see if that LaVisca Chenault's right on the cover. There you go. <laughs> see ya. What on uh, earth would you be carrying LaVisca Chenault for? Yeah, I, I ended up picking up a few of him in the, um, like, late in, in our USFFL leagues and maybe off of waivers if he was out there. But, yeah, now that they brought in Chark, Thielen, and Mingo, yeah, Chenault is or- probably a guy you can cut. Or those point per carry leagues, you justified him because he's going to get 15 carries across the season. You know, oh, I'm going to keep that Chenault in the point per carry because he's going to get two carries a week. Yeah, woof. All right, tight end. So Hayden Hurst and Tommy Tremble, I think those two I'm still rostering. Ian Thomas, I've seen out there pretty much in all my leagues. Giovanni Ritchie's like a tweener fullback. Steven Sullivan, no thanks. Um, but yeah, I'm guessing Hayden Hurst and Tremble you'll keep. Yeah, I have uh, I have cut a decent amount of Ian Thomas only because I, he restructured his contract. I think it was one of those like. Actually, I think I cut my last Ian Thomas the other day, but he restructured his deal. Basically, it was like, you know, you're making too much money for doing very little. Right. So, yeah, you can cut Ian Thomas even in the two tight end leagues or deep tight end premium leagues. If someone like that burns you, you'll always be able to get some shares back. So, yeah, pretty uh, weird. Panthers receivers are going to be weird, too. Feels like somebody is going to be a good value between the four Panthers receivers and you know, yeah, I kind of think it, I think it's going to everyone doesn't want those guys. Yeah, I, I kind of my gut feeling is it's going to be Chark and Thielen and Terrace Marshall is just going to be kind of stuck in the role that he's played ever since he's gotten. He's like Josh there. Reynolds. He's always going to be yeah. like the fourth guy on a roster. Yeah, and he'll have a game or two that justifies keeping him around and then he'll have like seven duds. So. I mean, you could justify if you had all the Panthers receivers, you could justify selling all of them. Yeah, agreed. I mean, even I mean, obviously, it's hard to sell Mingo because you probably just drafted him. But like, that you could definitely look at this receiver core and say, in two years, it looks totally different than it does right now. Right. Probably will. I mean, none of these guys other than Mingo are probably around for more than two years, maybe one. Here's a little tidbit. Um, I actually haven't brought this up on a podcast yet, but I I did listen to most of the um, first round press conferences for first and second round press conferences for a lot of these teams. And the one thing about the Panthers one, so usually the owners don't speak at these. It's usually the um, coach and the GM, but uh, I I forget uh, the blanking on his name right now. The Panthers. David Tepper. Yeah. Tepper. He's kind of, I don't want to say like a maverick, but he's kind of like, He's going to just tell you straight up what he thinks. And if you listen to his press conference, they talked about how they value the receiver and how they're going to do it. And it's basically like we're not going to spend this high capital on receivers that we're just going to kind of take these, you know, cost controlled rookie receivers and and kind of see where they go. They're like we're not paying these 
wide receivers. So they're going to be a team that's going to be kind of built like this just from what Tepper sounded like. Like, he was blatantly honest. Like, no GM would have said what he said, but he's an owner. And obviously, he's not going to, like, sugarcoat things and hide it. But I found that to be very interesting that he kind of basically gave away their wide receiver strategy, like that they're done paying wide receivers, and they're just going to kind of go with these cheaper rookies, and they're going to have to draft their their wide receivers. They're not going to be a team that's paying a wide receiver $20 million. So that's why they dump their expensive receiver and sign one-year veterans like Chark and Thielen and just plug in cheap receivers like Marshall and Mingo, and that's basically what they're going to do. Yep, and that's how they're going to they're going to do. So it every more. year, the whoever the wide receiver three is out there in free agency, they look for him to maybe go to the Panthers on like a one-year deal. Yep, pretty much. That's where Donovan or, Peoples-Jones goes next year. Yep, or they're going to use their like. It sounded like they they didn't even want to really use like their first round capital on them. No, because like, you gotta yeah. you gotta pay a first round receiver the last right. four, two years of their deal. You're still paying them, you know, a decent right. amount yeah. of money. Right. Yeah. That they're just not going to value the receiver. So that was just one thing that I I found super interesting from all the conferences I did listen to. I so the to Panthers are the NFL version of collecting cloggers, huh? Pr- pretty much. Yeah. But besides for Jonathan Mingo when he becomes an All Star. Yep. All right, quarterbacks on the Saints now. So we're moving over to New Orleans. Derek Carr is there. Jameis Winston is there. And Jake Hayner. So I think all three of these guys are, are at least worth holding on to. Hayner in shallow leagues, probably not. But deeper leagues, you know, a lot of people that I respect, especially like Dane Brugler, like I think he had Jake Hayner as his quarterback six in this draft. And, and some other people really like Jake Hayner. So. I'm interested in, in him at least. If I can hold him on a taxi squad or a deep league and just kind of hold on to him, I'm interested. Who's the backup here? I I think it's Jameis and and Hayner's gonna develop. This the best QB room in the league. One through three. I I think it's the most complete. Yeah, I don't know about best, but most complete. Well, I mean, yeah. they don't they don't probably have a top fifteen quarterback, but. I just mean no. one through three, like most teams you get to the third and you're like, that guy's horrible. A lot of teams you get to the second and it's Sean mm-hmm. Clifford. Yep. I mean, they paid Jameis a, another, basically the same contract he had last year. I think it's like another 10 million this year to be the backup. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I like this quarterback. collects checks to do nothing. It's probably a pretty good yeah. gig, isn't it? He was a, another one I was going to ask you about. I think he's, too good to cut, but what do you do with him? Like, because Derek Carr's an Iron Man, he don't miss games either. I I think he's a he's a younger version of like Andy Dalton. You know, like he's gonna bounce mm-hmm. around and continue to play if he gets a shot. But like, you're never gonna go into a season with him as the starter. At okay. best, the only the only way he goes back into his, as a starter is if he realizes, hey, I want to try to start again, and he finds the perfect situation. You know, like this year's like I think he's basically another Brissett or Heineke, where, like, he's either takes the money in a place where they want him. I mean, in, it sounds like everyone in New Orleans loves him. Hmm. Like, they wanted him, and he liked to stay there, and they're willing to pay him decent money. So, like, he's probably looking at it. I think he got, like, $8 million. They're probably just looking at it like, oh, we know he knows the system, and he's been here for three years now, but he's probably like, man, I get $8 million, and all I got to do is just sit there. Yeah, <laughs> like, and t- 
but he yeah. may go, I want to try to start again. And then he has to sign somewhere kind of like Atlanta or Washington this year, where he could have probably gone to one of those two places, maybe, maybe got paid a little less, but had a better shot to play. So I don't just yeah. don't know if he really cares to play. You don't, you don't know, but. I wonder if he ends up being like maybe in a year or two, like if he has like the same kind of career path that Geno Smith has had, you know, could be, he's not even 30 yet. So it's like, he's, right. he feels like he's been around forever, but he's still like still so, on the front half of his career, but you got to keep him. You got to like keep 20, him. 25, 30 man roster leagues. You going to keep him? Hmm. 25 man rosters. No, because I probably can't afford to roster a non-starter. Maybe mm-hmm. one, but if I have three good quarterbacks already, like lineup leagues, probably not for sure. No way. Best ball, probably no. 30, 30 in lineup leagues, I would keep them. Okay. But so even, he's, even he's like best ball, I can't. Best ball, can you justify wasting the spot on Jameis? You know what I mean? Like it's, if you yeah. don't have anybody else, sure, but it, if you're competing, definitely, like he's tough to keep. And, and if Carr were to get injured, like he's, He's a guy, if he was on waivers, like, he's the blow the whole, you know, stack on Oh, if he's going to start for a month, like, he could be he could be QB 12 for that stretch. Like, he's better than a lot of guys that are current starters that are on the lower end of the totem pool. But, yeah, like, yep. I, ha- I have a lot of Jameis. I have uh, seven Winston chairs, and almost all of them are just ones that I've had. Like, what do you do with them? Can't get anything right. for them. No, that's, that's the point, so... That's trade those four oh sixes before you draft Puka Nakua or Charlie Jones. Trade that pick for Jameis, and the person will probably decline because they're assholes. But <laughs> right. they also wouldn't give you a third. So really, what are you doing? Right. All right. Running backs here: Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, Kendra Miller. Those three are locks. And then I think the only other one people are rostering would be Eno Benjamin, and I've. Pretty much have cut all my Eno Benjamins. I'm sure you're the same. Cut all my Eno Benjamins, but hey, he's a guy that could land somewhere else. You never know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for now, like this is. A, I a I could see him. I could see him. Pro. I'd probably put it at like almost like 75. percent He doesn't make this roster because Dwayne Washington's one of their like key special teams guys, and they would keep him over Eno. Yep. I, I'm so. I'm out on Eno. I'll cut Eno. Yep, and I held him sure. all the way through this year, but the fact they signed Jamal and then drafted Kendra, that kind of tells you he's in an uphill battle just to make the team. Yep. Uh, wide receivers. So Olave, Michael Thomas, Rashid Shahid are the starters right now. I think those three are probably on every single roster right now. Um, A.T. Perry, you kind of shit on a little bit earlier as a guy you don't want to draft. I could see it. I, I think I have one share of him, maybe, so I get it. Kirkwood, Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith probably, we kept, had so much hope for him. He probably should have been cut like three years ago on all of our rosters. Um, Brian Edwards, if you still have him for some reason, what are you doing? Cut him. Uh, but I'm guessing you're probably at just three receivers on this team. Yep, I don't want any AT Perry. Someone else can have him. They can hold yeah. him for two years, so good luck. Yeah, I think he ends up just kind of taking the Marquez Callaway role. Like if in if Michael Thomas um you know gets a bruise on his pinky finger or a paper cut before the game and he misses the whole year, like maybe AT Perry could be something. Sure. I could see that. Can you see that like Michael Thomas gets a paper cut and misses the whole year? 
Yeah. I'm not laughing because I know you're making a joke, but the, the point is I don't want any A.T. Perry. Someone else can – that's someone else's problem. All right. Tight ends. Uh, Jawan Johnson, he's the starter right now. He survived the draft. Um, so, yeah, Jawan Johnson's probably going to be in that tight end 12 to 20 bracket every single Is this week, the worst so. tight end room in the league? Um, Probably in the running for it, yeah. Taysom Hill is there, uh, trying to trying to see when uh, Sean Payton's going to trade for him. Nope, he would. He'd rather have Adam Troutman. Yeah, I think he's going to try and get both. To be honest, I, mean, uh, I think Lucas, this is the worst tight end room. If, if it's yeah. not, then Jawan Johnson should be valued as like a top twelve tight end. Like, why do you like Chiggy Aconquo over him? Right. Uh, what do you do with your Lucas Krolls? You cut them everywhere? Oh, I cut Lucas Kroll. Yep, sorry. I mean, I could see him being a guy that, you know, if they don't want to use Taysom Hill in this tight end role anymore, that Lucas Kroll could maybe be where Troutman was last year and maybe do something. He could, but part of the theory is when you're cutting players on the very end is also how much could you get them back if you wanted. Like, that's True. a player I could literally go add overnight and even in L. Even in the leagues where the tight ends are the hardest to get, I could literally go have twenty percent exposure to them just picking them up. Right. Okay. So yeah, I've caught um, Tampa Bay. So Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, John Wolford. I'm guessing Baker and Trask. You probably got to hold on to right now just to see what happens. Um, but let's say let's say Baker ends up winning the job. Do you just cut Trask? Or do you think I mean, he'll, he'll end up getting a shot this year? If you think Trask is a good quarterback or got a chance to start, why would you sign John Walford? Uh, supposedly he knows the system from what I was reading. So so that's obviously an indictment on Kyle Trask, right? I mean, I but don't Kyle Trask know should know the system. So I, I, I mean, what are we doing? Yeah, I, I don't know. You don't bring in sure. Baker, who doesn't I mean, know they the just, system to start. They and, just and, brought in. Um, I mean, this it's going to be a new system because they have a new offensive coordinator. But, but you don't bring in Baker and then bring in Kyle Trask, or you bring in John Walford. No, I I get it. Like like, would you cut Kyle Trask? I don't want Kyle Trask. I have Trask on like two or three teams, and I'm just kind of waiting to see what happens because I think it's a non-zero chance that he's the. Opening day starter. Okay. He's out there on waivers in a couple leagues. Yeah, like shallow leagues, you're probably cutting him. But, I mean, crazier things have happened. Like, it wouldn't shock me if he's if he's better than Baker Mayfield. We watched Baker last year with Carolina. Like, he was awful at times. Like, that, that side of him could easily come back out, and Trask just is just better than him. Yep. So... It, it's it's a non-zero chance, but it, it's just ugly all the way around. Uh, running back, so Rashad White, Chase Edmonds, Keyshawn Vaughn. I think those three, I'll pr- pretty much roster everywhere. Like I don't think it's crazy to me to like think that Keyshawn Vaughn finally gets a chance to play and maybe show something. I, I think it's a long shot, but. It wouldn't shock me if if Keyshawn Vaughn ended up being like a you know a regular part of the rotation, and then Patrick Laird he's just a guy, 
And then obviously Sean Tucker signed here as an undrafted free agent. He's got a shot. I think I'm Sean Tucker. A lot of this is a great spot for Sean Tucker. It, it could be. He has to beat out Keyshawn Vaughn and Edmonds. And I think Rashad White is, you know, going to be the feature back right now. But yeah, Sean Tucker did go to a good spot. I'll, I'll give him that. He did sign in a good spot. We'll see what happens, but he's going to have to um, show a little bit, so we're going to have to wait. He is getting drafted in every single one of my leagues, though. So round, late round three, round four, he's been getting picked every single time. So so you're saying you got to roster all Tampa Bay running backs at this point because the, whoever the number two is could be Zeke Elliott for all we know, right? Yeah, I mean, the, there was that rumor that came out today that maybe they're looking into signing Zeke. I could see that. I don't think they'll bring back Fournette, but Zeke or Kareem Hunt, I could see them being in on uh, either one of those guys. Yep. And then that would, I think if that happens, then that would just nuke Keyshawn Vaughn, and then he would be. But you got to carry all four until their backfield moves in some capacity. Yeah. But yeah, good chance that at least two of the ones you're carrying right now are completely dust. Yeah, for sure. Uh, wide receivers, Mike Evans, Russell Gage, Chris Godwin. Those are probably the only ones I want to carry right now. You know, I, Trey Palmer, six-round pick. I know you're probably not in on him. Um, He's A.T. Like, Perry. They're the same thing. Yeah, and I had like a, a share or two of Raheem Jarrett and Debbie, and I've already dropped them. So I, I assume you're uh, you're in on Evans, Gage, and Godwin. Oh, I'm in on Raheem Jarrett. Get out of here. I'm kidding. All right, tight yeah. ends. Russell Gage is a roster, probably a roster clogger too. But the tight end, I'm just, it's funny. We're looking at Tampa Bay and New Orleans back-to-back. They literally have the same roster. They have a ton of running backs. Tampa's isn't as good. But, like, they're, is this the second-worst tight end room in the league? This might be worse. I think I'd, would you rather have Jawan Johnson yes. or Kate Otten? I'd rather have Jawan Johnson or Exactly. Kate so the, I'd say this is the worst. But, the, the, honestly, just, I didn't realize this was – the tight end room was this bad and there's no tight end free agent tight ends to sign. Maybe, you know, Kate Otten's definitely underrated. Like he could have a, a, mm-hmm. a big year and like, he could have like that Gary Barnage out of nowhere year. Doesn't Baker like that tight end. Yeah. So, uh, Kate Otten's definitely a guy. If I can buy cheap, I'll buy some Kate Otten right now because this depth chart is uh pretty, pretty bad. So, and don't draft Payne Durham in his four nine forty time. You can have, yeah. That's a tight end I won't even draft. Yep. There's so many better profiles. I'd much rather and, have Zach Coots or Will Mallory Co- or Josh Wiley Co- or Elijah Higgins. Wasn't Co Keith the a slow one too? Yeah, they're yeah. Payne I mean, Durham's so, RAS score, uh, I believe, was like five point nine or six point one or something like that. And yeah, they, they, yeah, this is not the tight end room to speculate on the backups. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, just K-Dot and wheels up there for sure. God, that looks right. This is a bad team, isn't it, Tampa Bay? Yeah. Imagine if they traded Godwin or Evans. Jeez. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you even want those guys in fantasy. Like, it's it's pretty bad, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, on to Arizona. Speaking of really, really bad-looking teams. So, obviously, Kyler Murray, he might miss – you know, six to eight weeks of the season. And then they have Colt McCoy, Clayton Toon, Jeff Driscoll, David Blau. So, oh, um, 
they're, what do you want to do? What do you want to do here? Competition at QB two, aren't they? Yeah, and what do you want to do with them, knowing that maybe Kyler misses the first six games? Like, do you even want any of these guys? Like, just to like speculate on them and hold them. I have a couple Colt McCoy, but I've put in to drop them just because I tried to trade him to the Kyler manager and they're not interested, which I don't blame them. I wouldn't want to trade anything for Colt McCoy. And I'm literally talking like I'll give you $5 for him. So yeah, not really interested in any of the backup Arizona tight or quarterbacks, mostly because you know, they're probably going to be a bad team too. So like I'm essentially buying into you. Remember when uh, the giants were starting like Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm? like that's basically what you're getting. If you get one of these backups, ask Brandon about that uh, time in his life. Right, but that that's the type of quarterback play you'd be getting if you go, oh, yeah, cool, I have David Blau, he's a starter. You know, like that. that's essentially what you're getting. The, the only yeah. negative thing about the Cardinals, and I'll let you get to their skill players, is like they actually have more talent than some of these other teams we've gone through. Yeah. They just, you know, don't have a lot of hope for the season. But, like, you look at their skill players, they have two tight ends I like. They have multiple receivers. They have multiple running backs. Like they're not as bad as like they're not as bad as like New Orleans or Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. They're just not. You know they don't have a quarterback, and those teams might not either, especially Tampa. But yeah, we'll see. Okay. Uh, all right, running backs. Honestly, there's only two I want to carry: James Conner and Keontae Ingram. Corey Clement, Tyson Williams. I don't even. I never even heard of the last guy. So that's a Di Mercado from TCU. He was pretty good, but he's like 25 years old. But I was going to uh, ask okay. you about Keontae Ingram. People have just crapped on him in the off season, like he's not worth anything. Like he might be one of the biggest winners for like any running back on a 53. Like that I could agree. be a dude that they end up. He gets a ton of work this year, and nobody sees it coming. Like I'm sure it's going to build as we get closer to the season, but. Like why is I mean he I can see them about, like one of the better backups. I agree. Yeah, I mean he didn't really do much last year when he did play. Um, but yeah, I could see. I mean, put not... it this way: we're going to talk about a guy next that people are actually valuing. Mm-hmm. What is the difference between Zach Evans and Keontae Ingram? Zach Evans was a higher pedigree player. Zach Evans has a name, but Keontae and Ingram man. had massive pedigree. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just recency bias. People know the name Zach Evans, but you literally look at both of them. They're the number two running back, probably. I think there's more competition for Zach Evans. Keontae Ingram had better draft capital than Zach Evans, but it was close. They were both six-round picks. They're both talented, but clearly they're, they don't have a path to clear playing time. Then they're both going to be on bad teams. Like Keontae Ingram is one of those guys, if I don't want to pick at the 403, give me him. I'm just just throwing it out there, and I think after the draft you might not be able to do that. But I I mean, their mm-hmm. startup drafts earlier in the season, you get nothing for Keontae Ingram. You know, like you, you pick yeah. him up in the very end, like he's on waivers in some leagues. I mean, I could see them. Like, I mean, they've had David Johnson and Kenyon Drake and Daryl Williams. I, I guess they could maybe bring back Daryl Williams. I mean, if they're smart, they'll just run James Conner until he's gone, and then they'd run Keontae Ingram until he's gone. Just <laughs> they don't really care. Right, yeah. I mean, this is going to be a you know a f- five-win team at most. So Those um, Rams-Cardinals games are going to be fun. Both teams racing uh, to lose. Yeah. Woof. All right. Um, 
But yeah, I think Connor and Ingram are the only ones you can carry right now from this team. What are you doing with Connor? I've actually, uh, I traded for him uh, in a league the other day. Like I had a surplus of tight ends, um, you know, start nine, 1.5 premium. And I already had like Kyle Pitts, Tyler Conklin, Chiggy, and Joku. And I think I drafted Musgrave maybe. And I ended up trading in Joku for Connor straight up in a point per carry league. But I actually I got I got Pierre Strong back too, but you're basically just selling your soul for hopefully one year production, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yep. Um hope and and that's what it's looking like. Like Connor is gonna get three hundred touches if he can handle it. Like there's mm-hmm. no doubt. So mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, that, that's what I did there. And like it says, it's a one point five premium, and you only start nine. You're only starting one tight end. I'm starting Kyle Pitts every week. Uh, Jalon Johnson was the other tight end I have too. So I'm like have like five legit starting tight ends. So I just took the best offer I could. Somebody was offering me James Conner and a point per carry. I'll take it. So, um, wide receivers: DeAndre Hopkins sounds like he's staying here now. Marquise Brown, Rondale Moore. I think those three you can definitely roster. Michael Wilson, I do like the talents. He did go in round three, so he did get draft capital. I think you can justify holding on to him, drafting him late in like round four or five in your draft, and uh, Hopkins should be gone next year, and maybe Wilson steps in there. You know, this team's going to have to rebuild a little bit, so maybe Wilson sticks around there. But I think those are the only four that I would consider carrying from this team. I guess Greg Dorch is still there. I didn't mention him. Um what do you think about Dorch? Would you even carry him anymore? Um, no, because it's probably going to be a bad team. But okay. like, he's one of those guys that's probably one of the better fifth receivers in the league. Yeah, Zach Pascal signed here too, but that's he's like uh, on the back cover of the roster clugger magazine that uh, with, with Visca Chanel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, all right, moving on here to tight ends now. You mentioned you like the two, and that's just Ertz and Trey McBride. None of these other tight ends are worth anything. You don't want any Bernard Sakovitz? Never heard of him. All right, so on to the Rams. Quarterbacks, you got Matt Stafford, Stetson Bennett, and Brett Rippon that they signed. Dresser Win, nice name. Never heard of him. Uh, he's the fourth quarterback. So I think you know Stafford sounds like he's healthy, should be able to do you know, normal things um, this offseason. You know, I I think Stafford is one of those guys nobody wants, but, like, would you be shocked if he stayed healthy and put up a, a big season with Cooper Cup again? I mean, it might not be 40 touchdowns, but, you know, at least be a lot better than what people are thinking. I mean, I could also see going the other way where he's not right, even he says starting F- halfway yeah. through the year. Yeah, and then Stetson Bennett starting. Yeah, I could see that too. So, um, you know, if you can get Stafford for cheap, I don't mind it just because people hate. I mean, hate. what's cheap? You need a you need a QB two, which I can. If also you can argue. get a, if you can get Stafford for a second round pick, I would. Okay, I think that's. You think fair. people will sell for a second that are just that desperate to get rid of them? I think it's possible. Yeah, like if especially if you're on the clock in your rookie draft and. 
oh, I, I got to have that Zach Charbonnet. I got to have that Rasheed Rice. I could see it. You think the better move is if you have a higher-end QB3 to pivot down to Stafford, try to get up extra capital out of it? Like, if you have Derek Carr, would you give up Derek Carr for a second in Stafford if Carr was your QB3? I, I see I see what you're trying to do there, and I agree with that principle, but, like, could Stafford just retire next year and then you are just and then you don't have a quarterback three anymore? That, that would be my only concern. But are you trading away a guy that's, not even worth a first. You can't get a first for Derek Carr. No, but I know he's going to be in the league for at least you know another five years. So you're paying for a bunch of extra insurance, basically. Basically, over insuring yes. your team. Basically, gotta have yes. that QB three locked in. Yeah. The reason I challenge you is because I think that's one of the spots where people play it safe too much, and I get it because they're fearful of oh man, if one of my starters I, gets I, injured. Yeah. Obviously, I, I fall right into it. So. Yeah, where you don't want to you don't want to pivot down to the lowest common denominator, but you know, looking at looking at warp data, if you assume your two QBs stay healthy most of the year, like your QB three is one of the least impactful spots unless you can mm-hmm. extract trade value out of it. So I think it's right. definitely a move if you have a guy like Cousins or Carr, Russell Wilson as your QB three. Like if you can basically get their price in trade and get Matt Stafford thrown in, like that's how you pivot to Stafford. I really don't want to go buy Stafford with picks because as soon as I do, the person that has him, oh, man, he's a quarterback. He's a starter. I need two seconds. Right. Then I'm like, I'm, you know, I have no interest in doing that. I'd rather go yeah, buy no, Sam I wouldn't Howell or someone like that for the same price. Agreed. Uh, running back. So this one's interesting. You were talking a little bit um, on the last one. Cam Akers, Kyron Williams, Zach Evans, Ronnie Rivers and Tyon Evans. I haven't drafted any Tyon Evans yet. I think he's gone to waivers. Um, I'm going to pick him up, though. Yeah, I'll pick him up for sure. Ronnie Rivers, I, I was never interested in. I had, I did pick him up just because he was a, an RB on a 53, he but he's yeah, he's one of my my 53-man cuts. Shout out to uh, Jay Reed, one of his favorite players in the league is Ronnie Rivers. Think and about then, this. Ronnie Rivers actually started a game, and Tyler Goodson could never even get on the team. Yeah, woof. Uh, but, yeah, who are you keeping on this team from running backs? I mean, I think you got to keep definitely Kyron, Zach Evans, and Cam Akers, and then you probably right. pick up Tyon Evans, which is interesting. So, I could roster four Rams running backs, and they're probably projected to be one of the worst, first, worst five teams in the league with one of the worst offensive lines. Right. And, you know, Cam Akers is bad. We already know that. He's a bad running back. So I I think to bet against him and bet for Kyron Williams or Zach Evans is a pretty good bet relative to the cost. Have you seen a lot of hate for Kyron Williams still? I don't think it's hate. I think it's just apathy. Yeah. No one cares about him because he didn't do anything last year. He got hurt. I mean, people are kind of mm-hmm. like, yeah, cool. He's just a guy. But would you be shocked if he's the one leading the backfield at any point? No. That that's that was what I was bringing up because I just remember that report or tweet from Schefter like week one. Like he dropped that little nugget. Hey, expect Kyron Williams to like almost be the starter or the lead back here. Like before that. They um, like him. Thir- before that Thursday night game, like he was gonna probably like out snap Cam Akers week one and shock everybody, and then he got hurt on like the second play of the game, and then that completely changed. So Kyron Williams is another guy. If I can get him thrown into a trade and whatnot, 
I'm gonna I'll I'll keep Kyron Williams. I'm not dropping him because we they obviously really really like him and like it wouldn't shock me if that happened again. Like, hey, Kyron's better than Cam Akers, and we're just gonna start Kyron. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind because that Schefter tweet just sticks in my mind. Uh, wide receivers here, obviously Cooper Cup stud, keeping him. Van Jefferson, they really like Van Jefferson, and I was listening to uh, their YouTube uh, show that they did on the Rams, and Mike LaFleur really, really liked Van Jefferson, um, thinks he's a really special player. So keep that in mind. You know, I think Van Jefferson's pretty much locked into a, a starting job here with Allen Robinson getting traded. Ben Skoranek, I think he's just a guy, but he's uh, probably yeah, he's a roster clogger, but he's going to be annoying enough to where he cuts into some time. Uh, Puka Nakua, I have taken a couple shares of just because he just—I don't want to say he's a Cooper Cup, but he just kind of feels like that kind of a player, like or Van Jefferson, like he just feels like a Rams type receiver. Lance McCutcheon, I don't have him anywhere anymore, but I'm at least watching him again. I mean, he couldn't even get on the field last year, so I'm just uh, rambling here. Tutu Atwell, no thanks. And any of these See, other guys, I'm not I don't want Tutu in. Atwell, but I think he probably has a bigger role than people want to. Yeah, that he's still on the roster. That's his role. That's that's too big, I agree. I mean, the Rams played Austin Trammell before they played Lance McCutcheon. Yeah, which is crazy, but... Well, yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know it's going to happen again in... Preseason, McCutcheon's going to have six more touchdowns again, and I'll be picking him up again, and you'll laugh at me. So this is yep. where we're at. <laughs> so real quick, Van Jefferson. If yeah. It sounds like he's the wide receiver, too, on what could be a bad team, but yeah, here's what you have to hope with the Rams is they somehow start out like not terrible, and they have some some motivation to continue to play, even if they're going to be bad. Like, they're going to be bad. But if they start out like 0-5 and, and Stafford gets banged up, they could just pack it in and be completely useless for fantasy the rest of the year. Would you buy and Van Jefferson for one of these picks? Yeah, if Would I could. Pick a third for Van Jefferson? A late third, yeah. Not a late third, 24 third. Lineup league, start 11. So you don't get the you don't get the excuse, oh, sure, I'll take him in best ball because everyone will take him in best ball. Start eleven. Uh, so yeah. it's not like start nine. It literally you might need him, but like I said, yeah, if, if I if I need a third. receiver, yeah, it's not the worst thing you can do. Like, would you rather have Van Jefferson or Allen Robinson? Mm, they're the same thing. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. So, but I'm not throwing away thirds just to grab them. So I'm no, see where I, I got some that. Van Jefferson to see how many I can sell to Eric. Yep, so I'll give you my future fifth. You got it. Third, uh, 24th third, Eric, is what you've committed to on this show. So while you're going to the, yeah. the tight ends on the Rams, which are just absolutely stocked. Yeah, I mean, it, it honestly is. but uh, Yeah, uh, I'm not kidding. There's three of them that I'm rostering. So yep. Tyler Higby, uh, Bryson Hopkins, which is the one that you're not rostering, and then Hunter Long, Davis Allen. Uh, Davis Allen, I like. Um, he has a, d- a pretty decent RAS score from this draft class. They drafted him in round five. Hunter Long, they just traded for from Miami. Another guy with a good RAS score that just never has gotten an opportunity. So I, I think you told me you maybe have cut a couple Hunter Longs just in shallower leagues. So I get that. Um, but yeah, just talk to me about these tight ends Higby, Long, and Davis Allen. Uh, well, Davis Allen. 
is a fifth rounder that has like an eight two RAS score or something. So it's not great, but he fits the threshold. So I've picked him up. I'd rather draft him in formats that matter than some of these other picks in the you know the fourth or the fifth because he doesn't really get picked unless it's the very end. Uh, Hunter Long, I mean, he is what he is. He's it's obviously an indictment that two years have gone by and he's really never even played. And then he gets traded. So his old team. Now, to be fair, he got traded away from a team that I'm not sure that team knows what they're doing at tight end either. So it's not like you can look at Miami and go, yeah, they know what they're doing at tight end. They traded away Hunter Long. So mm-hmm. you still have to roster Hunter Long in leagues that matter. I just cut all my Bryson Hopkins, but I was rostering Bryson Hopkins until they bring in Davis Allen and Hunter Long. It's like you have three of them on one team. Right. But I wouldn't be shocked if Bryson Hopkins is the backup tight end because he's been there for three years. So right. like, you never know on that. And I think Higby's being slept on again. If the offense is okay, okay. Meaning like it's alive. Would you be shocked if Higby gets another hundred targets? No, because what, what, you know, I'm trying to think of the words I want to use for, for this offense, whenever they don't have a wide receiver three, Higby always smashes. So, like, when they had the injuries and, you know, the third, whoever, one of the wide receivers was out, Higby always smashed. So, if they just Yeah, they don't have in, a wide receiver three. They barely have yeah, a wide receiver so, two. Yeah, and I agree. Higby could smash again this year. So, I agree with you. Yeah, that that's a guy. And, again, you're not investing in Tyler Higby because he's got any sort of future. He's 31 years old. But, like, if you can go trade – any of these guys that have some semblance of value, like I always bring up Chiggy Aconqua or Isaiah Likely or any of those guys, but like if you can go get Tyler Higby plus for one of those guys, like I could care less if those guys are young because yep. they're probably never producing in a range that it matters. And short-term production, even in like a 1.75 or 2 PPR, I'd much rather be able to flex Tyler Higby than have, you know, Isaiah Likely or Chiggy on my roster. Right. All right, just a uh, slight breaking news, Scott. I got my first Charlie Jones chair. Oh, you did? Where'd you get them? Best ball or no best ball? NFFL, where it's super deep, and I can just kind of stash them. Okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's like my my 5.30 pick. Anyways. Um, all right, quarterbacks for San Francisco. So this one is interesting because it's – Three guys and a fourth guy that they just signed, which I have no idea why they signed him. Uh, but Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, Brandon Allen. Talk to me about the 49ers quarterback. So obviously you're holding all three of these main three, but what are your thoughts on the on them right now? I mean, why do you need to sign Brandon Allen? My only thinking is it's literally a camp arm. Like Purdy's not going to be able to throw in camp and they need a third guy. That's the only reason I can think of. Sure. And yeah, he just I, said, yeah, sure, I'll take the job. Yeah, fine. Maybe he goes and wants to learn from Kyle Shanahan. I don't know. But it that that this quarterback room has been beaten to death, but I'm I'm kind of with you. I've I've sold all my Trey Lance. I see people still talking about Trey Lance, like, oh, you know, he's a top fifteen quarterback in Dynasty, but mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just out. Because he's the kind of player that you know what, even if he hits I'll, if and I admit, if Trey Lance somehow hits, his value is going to skyrocket, right? 
You agree? Because oh, he's yeah. the type of player that had enough hype that if he does end up being good, people will like him. They won't like him enough relative to what he would be if he does hit. I'll still be able to buy back. Yeah, but considering that. he's literally being valued like twenty percent higher than like Will Levis, like I'd much rather have mm-hmm. Will Levis over Trey Lance. Not even yeah. close. And then, do, do you think Purdy is still the long-term starter there? If you had to choose one, it's Purdy. I mean, sure, long-term, meaning like this year. But I, I don't think people realize just how short of a window Brock Purdy has. Like they're not going to wait for Brock Purdy for a year. If he's healthy and he goes out, he better do what he did last year, or it's going to be well. That's it. There's still going to be question marks about his future. Yeah, and that's my thing. Is like this team's going to be really good. So if rather Trey Lance or Sam Darnold starts the year, you know, let's say they start off five and zero, and then Purdy's ready or six and zero, and Purdy's ready after the um, whatever the IR is at the at the end of six weeks. I forget the name of it. Um, the pup list. That's it. And what if they're six and zero? They're not sitting Trey Lance or Sam Darnold to put Brock Purdy back in. And what if it's the opposite? Brock Purdy comes in, plays well, but then they don't make the Super Bowl. I guarantee you, if Kirk Cousins is out there next year, that that will be discussion. Oh yeah, Agreed. so I, there's just there is no security with Brock Purdy. I don't care how good he is; he literally has to win the Super Bowl. There's no security with any of these three. They're all no, but, just this year, and that's it. But I think we already know what Sam Darnold is, and Trey Lance is like on his own island in terms of his value. His value yeah. is being—it's like mythical value that's being built mm-hmm. in. But you can't bet on Brock Purdy being the long-term starter because I don't think people realize how much he will have to overcome to be the long-term starter. And when I say overcome, meaning, sure, you can argue all day, all night that if they hit on Brock Purdy and he's an average NFL quarterback, that's a really big advantage considering they have him on a seventh-round contract. But you don't think this team is one where they will sniff around whatever free agent quarterback is out there next year? You don't think they'll yeah. sniff around Cousins? You don't think they would sniff around like Mac Jones if he was available? You don't think they would sniff around Ryan Tannehill if he's out? You know what I mean? Like he's right. always going to be, you know, ooh, who else can we get? Like they're yeah. never going to go, yep, Brock Purdy's the starter. No one, we're not even, I mean, don't you agree if Cousins is a unrestricted free agent, like they yeah. legitimately would talk to Cousins and he's made so much money. I could see him going to San Francisco like on a decent deal. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, that, that's, I'm kind of hoping that into existence, but I just I just don't see a window for Brock Purdy, and it's a dynasty asset. That It doesn't even matter if he's the future starter. You're going to be holding a really volatile asset, even if he's good this year. So I just don't want to bet on it. I have one Brock Purdy, zero Trey Lance. So that's how I've played this. I've kept my Sam Darnold, because uh, I do think there'll be a sell window for Sam Darnold, even if it's like two weeks. If there's any sniff that he's going to be the starter, you'll be able to get a second for him or two thirds easy. So I'm just out. I'll figure I'll buy back into this when I have more clarity. Yep. All right. Running backs. So Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason, and TDP. I think all four of those guys you still have to roster, right? Yep. Got to keep all four and, uh, could also be a team that adds another one randomly. It just you right. never see it coming. Yeah, yeah. Oh, let's sign Kareem Hunt here. Yeah, I could see it. So. Yep. Um, all right, wide receiver wise, I think it's God, two it's for team two that has for like sure. Fifteen yeah. receivers. Two for sure, and maybe a third. And Jawan Jennings, who I I like. 
Uh, but Ayuk and Debo and Jawan Jennings, Danny Gray didn't do anything last year. I think he's a clogger, even though I liked him. I'm not like Chris Conley, Ray Ray McLeod, Willie Sneed, Ronnie Bell in round seven. Yeah, I'm not interested in any of these guys. Yep, Jawan Jennings actually graded out okay. But, yeah, I, I have a couple Jennings, but he's Jawan, easy. Yeah, Jawan feels like K.J. Osborne to me. Maybe mm-hmm. like a lesser version. Yep. So, uh, tight end. So George Kittle, Cameron Latu, who they drafted in round three, Charlie Warner, who they've kept around for quite a few years, but he could never stay healthy. Braden Willis, who they drafted in round seven. Ross Dwelly, no thanks. Um, I think right now the only guy I personally want to want roster is just Kittle. I I don't have any Latus, even though he got drafted in round three. I'm just not like a giant fan. But if I can get Latu in a two tight end or 1.75 for free off waivers, I'll do it. But that's probably I'm not drafting him though. You don't want any Troy Fumagalli? No, I didn't even know he was still in the league. <laughs> oh, I remember the Troy Fumagalli versus Jake Butt debates like five uh, years ago. Oh yeah. But yeah, do you agree? Just are, do you even have any Latu? Have you drafted him yet? Uh, had one in Devi and have drafted two others. So yeah, I mean, I and because and, you can get him super late, people just skip over him. He he goes at like tight end eleven or tight end twelve behind guys. That, I mean, he goes way behind even like Zach Coots. Right. So yeah, yeah I, I I'm okay picking him up. And the Niners are weird. Other than the four running backs, they literally you could justify Ayuk, Debo, and Kittle. That's it. Right. Like you could really kind of squint and say, I don't really want anybody else other than the running backs, even Jennings and you know, the nobody else you want besides those three Jennings and Latu are right on the fringe. Right. Okay. All right. On to our last team quarterbacks for the Seahawks, Geno Smith, Drew Locke and Holton Ehlers. Never heard of them. Uh, but I think Geno is probably the only one here. Drew Locke. I've seen pretty much on all my waiver wires. I'm guessing yeah, the same. Yeah, but you know what's funny is like everyone's kind of cut Drew Locke, but like they, there's other there's other quarterbacks that people are rostering, and I go, why are you rostering him? But not yeah, Drew I'd Locke. rather have Drew Locke over Cooper Rush. Yeah, so I'd rather have Drew that. Locke over Kyle Trask. I think that's debatable, but I, I could see it. Bad. I don't want Drew Locke, but the the point right. is he's still a backup and probably. I mean, you have to admit, if he gets in there, he he's has weapons, weapons, and yeah. he has a decent offensive line. So, like, like I wouldn't be shocked if Geno were to miss a couple games, and you're like, wow, Drew Locke was a startable quarterback. So, yep. I'm not buying him right now, but I know he's available. Let me check. I'm going to check my MFL, my 40 MFL leagues. How many do you think Drew Locke's available in? And we're uh, we are in extended rosters right now where everyone's carrying extras and stuff. How many do you think yeah. he's available? I, I'll say 30 of your 40, so I'll send you 75%. Owned or available? Available. No, not that many. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine out of 40, he's available. Wow. Okay. And three of those are best ball, USFFL, one, two, and three best ball. He's available in all three. That's because we're all and smart. I, but I guarantee you i'll click through some of the rosters in that league and i go let's see why are you holding that guy let's see eric vanick let's see who is he holding he is holding uh dorian thompson robinson okay 
That's because I have Watson. Yep. Uh, Scott Connor is holding Colt McCoy. Okay. I could probably justify dropping Colt McCoy if I'm picking up Drew Locke. Uh, Cody Smith. Shout out to Cody. He's got Case Keenum. Got to have that Case Keenum over Drew Locke. Right. Even though he yeah. has Geno Smith. So right. that'd be one you'd probably pick up. Uh, Ray. Okay. Ray doesn't have any roster clock or quarterbacks. Uh, Brandon. <laughs> I'm just going through. I know this is great podcasting, but I'm just checking up. Gabe, shout out to Gabe. Gabe in the Heisman. Gotta have Skylar Thompson. Rather have Drew Locke, wouldn't you? Yeah, now. Yep. Uh, Jay Peters. Shout out to Jay Peters. Hey, Jay Peters. He's got Malik Willis. I'd probably rather have Drew Locke. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's a guy I need to go. Uh, I mean, I don't want him, but you see some of the quarterbacks that are being rostered, and you go, like, Ty, uh, Ty declare. He's got. Davis Mills, I'd probably rather have Drew Locke. He has better weapons. Yeah, like, but, you know, like you were talking about, like, if something happened to Geno here, kind of like with Jameis Winston, I I think you blow the load on, on Drew Locke here and get him because he's got a really good offensive line. He's got three elite weapons. He's got a really good running game. Like, yeah, Drew Locke could do something. I mean, he's kind of in the same situation as, like, Taylor Heineke, right? Like, yeah. just hope he gets in there and then they let him just use his weapons. It's not like he's really yep. doing anything. So, yep. yeah, waivers run tomorrow. wonder how many times uh, this won't get this won't get put out until after we run waivers. So, maybe yeah, we're doing this. On, uh, yeah, uh, we, uh, Jordan is going out of town this weekend. Usually the guy who uh, posts everything for us. So we're doing this a little early. This is Tuesday this week. So, yeah, speaking uh, of Jordan, best ball, too. He's got Davis Webb. I'd definitely rather have Drew Locke. <laughs> okay. Davis Webb might be the worst roster player I've seen. <laughs> nice job, Jordan. You gotta he'll listen all the way to this episode just for that little nugget. Alright. Um actually I'm gonna tease him now and tell him uh, that hey, you got a shout out in there. Make him listen to the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> oh, Alright. Uh, running backs, Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet. Obviously, you're holding both those guys. DJ Dallas, I've pretty much have cut him everywhere. And then Kenny McIntosh, who they drafted in round seven. I don't have any of him yet, but I think I've put in some claims for him on waivers. We'll see if I get him. But uh, what what are you doing with uh, DJ Dallas and McIntosh? Kind of the same. Yeah, I've cut all my uh, I've cut all my DJ Dallas. He can go. And, yeah. Uh, Kenny McIntosh, listen, like. I think you probably pick him up, and at worst, he's the number three running back on Seattle, and he's different than Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet. He is a pass-catching specialist, so you never mm-hmm. know. They've used bad pass-catching specialists in the past. I mean, yeah, they use Travis Homer and, and stuff like that. So, but yeah, you also kind of hope if they keep DJ Dallas that they Kenny McIntosh goes somewhere else, and he might you know latch yeah. on somewhere. So, yeah, he's worth picking up because you literally get him for free. And people don't people don't pick him. Because they say he's buried, like he falls below. Like people take Daenerys Prince over him, you know. Mm-hmm. People are taking Sean Tucker over him. Like they don't even care. They they're just like, yep, he's buried on Seattle. I don't want him. Yep. So you you he's a guy you can scoop up a ton of shares of for that reason. Yep. Uh, wide receivers, just three guys: DK Lockett, JSN. If you're still holding on to D Eskridge, you can finally drop him. Uh, any of these other guys probably droppable. I do like CJ Johnson, but he's buried. I'm just mentioning his name because I you like him. Kate Johnson last year. Or two I years did like ago. Kate. I did like Kate Johnson. Yeah, he just um, 
he was really good at the Senior Bowl and just went undrafted and has never played. Derek uh, Young, that, you picked him a couple, couple times last year. Uh, no, I picked him up off of waivers. I don't think I drafted him. Maybe maybe once or twice, but um, yeah, just that's just it for their uh, wide receivers. I think you agree, just those three. Yep. Very. You have any, very you have any D. Eskridge still hanging around? Oh, cut him two years ago. <laughs> okay. All right, tight ends. Noah Fant, Will Disley still surviving somehow. Colby Parkinson, I still really like. Yeah. He's getting paid. That's it for these tight ends. I, I I still like Colby Parkinson, Disley. I I can't roster him, and then Fant. You know, Fant's underrated as well. So this team doesn't care about the tight end, but Fant is a great buy for where he goes next. Mm. You know, he he's going to follow that path of you know where does he go after Seattle? I could care less what he does this year because they, they use three tight ends and they don't prioritize the tight end. So he's not like right. he's going to produce this year, but get right. some fan. I have a ton of fan. I think I have, uh, gosh, 11, 11 out of fifty fans. So twenty two percent fan. Wow. Okay. Yep. Interesting. All right, that is it for uh, unclogging uh, your roster, the NFC edition. Do you and we uh, used to go longer than the AFC edition, uh, even though I swore we were going to go shorter. So go figure. Yeah, we had uh, the Giants wide receivers cost us some time there, and uh, one of the quarterbacks cost us some time there. But yeah, uh, you ready for America's uh, favorite game before we get out of here? I'm ready. Man, I got to think up of something. I have been trying to think of something all episode, and I hadn't really come up with anything. You've gone two and a half hours, and you haven't been able to think of something? No, I can't. I haven't really thought up of anything, to Okay, be let me think of one, then. I, one's up yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let Scott pick something this time. That's good. All right, so favorite roster clogger of the past. A player that you've added in, like, probably waivers but it can also be a player that you drafted and just for some reason you had to pick up, even though the the process said this is an absolute waste of time. Any rookies you can think of? Marquez Stevenson. Yeah, I saw he just got cut today. Yeah, the Browns cut him. That, that's that the was, one? That, that's that's the one. That's the one, Marquez Stevenson. You know me. I had I showed you all of it. I had like, I yeah, think like my 50%. share. Yeah, <laughs> it was like eighty-eight <laughs> percent. Yeah, that's 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 an easy uh, slam dunk. There, uh, tell me about your Rico Gathers. Nah, it probably it probably wasn't even Rico Gathers. I would say that's. I would say there were uh, there have been so many. I'm looking back through old rookie drafts right now just to see what running backs I would have picked up everywhere. Um, I remember you like Dion Jackson, and I was like not high on him. Well, but then I started cutting Deion Jackson, and then you had to pick him up the year later. I, that at least yeah. I'm talking guys that never gave you anything other than trouble. Um, one I remember I used to have almost 50% of was Ryquel Armstead, but he was actually good when he first came in, and then he got COVID and mm. like never recovered from it. So like that was one where it really wasn't a bad pick, but it ended up being one where it was just a roster clogger. I, I got a couple. You remember James Williams from Washington State? Was like yeah. a seventh round pick, and he was a, supposed to be like an elite pass catcher, like a hundred balls in college. And you were like, yeah. "Oh, this guy's going to be a monster, like pass catcher, the next James White," and he doesn't even make the team. 
Yep. Yeah, I do remember that. Yep. That was one. Usually it's running backs, which, you know what? I can't fault people for picking up uh, running backs and they don't they don't work out. You know, just kind of know when to cut bait. Uh, Anthony McFarland was another one that we both had a yeah. ton of. Yeah, I remember him. And the problem was they dropped I me. Mean, he got third round draft capital. So, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, it wasn't yep. like he was an undrafted free agent and you just bought in. Right. Uh, but that that was one that definitely I had a ton of and it was just like, Oh, got to buy him. He was one of the ones that I learned from when he didn't do squat as a rookie. Don't go all oh, his roles going to grow next year. He just needed a little more time. Like that's not yeah. how it works, you know? Right. Uh, receivers, probably a few others I can find in here. Trey Quinn. Yeah. I know you had a ton of Trey Quinn. Yeah, we both had a ton of Trey Quinn. The problem is you started buying more Trey Quinn for draft picks, which made it even worse. Yeah, yep. Kiki Kute was another one that I had a ton of because he was good as a rookie and then just completely disappeared. A lot of these old draft mistakes were non-running backs, which makes it even worse. I mean, yeah, like. Yes, there's a lot of these names in here. Like probably 2020 is when I started realizing, yeah, they do not draft receivers that are drafted outside of these ranges. So I don't have a lot of horror stories from roster clogger receivers from, uh, oh, I see one on here that you were still buying in 2020. Almost as big as Marquez Stevenson. Do you remember? I I would say it's as big as Stevenson. All right, fire away. Quintez Cephas. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was drafting him for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Quintez Cephas. Yeah, 2020 was a full of roster cloggers. Lynn Bowden, Tyler Johnson, Antonio Gandy-Golden, K.J. Hill, Colin Johnson, James Prochet. Yeah, it's just a ton of guys that draft. So. Right, right. No, Any others right. you want to share? Or are we done? I can't think of any off the top of my head, to be honest. But I, yeah, I remember Marcus Stevenson. I had a boatload of Cole McDonald. Yeah, Cole McDonald. I did have a lot of. For the sure. good news about Cole McDonald is he got he got cut like right out of like a mini camp. Yeah, Master Teague, same thing. I didn't have any Master Teague though. I mean that uh, that's part of the reason why you draft running backs because you get a quicker we've talked about this before but that's part of the reason why you take running backs because you literally get a really quick outcome on them yeah oh you didn't make the roster see ya yeah so uh i i remember i had a lot of john kelly too like he oh, was yeah. at the rams a then lot I of remember, people bought into that one for sure when he went to the un- browns people bought back in and then remember the raiders one i think it was michael warren no, Chris Warren. Chris, Chris Warren's Warren. son. Chris Warren. Yeah. yeah, big dude. Remember, he smoked in the preseason. Remember? Yeah, I Crushed. loved him. Another one was Tony Jones. I, I had a ton of Tony Jones like two mm-hmm. years ago. So, yeah, those are a couple that come to mind now that I think about it. Yeah, it's fun to look back at the uh, fun Your to look mistakes. back at the roster <laughs> cloggers and look at um, where you just – Tight, uh, we could do a whole another show on like tight ends too. Tight ends, maybe that I didn't even draft because a lot of tight ends you can just pick up. But just like, yeah, I never had. Ends. I never held like any George Kittle. Like yeah, go he figure. Was, he, he was a thing, and then I was like, I never had any of him. So like, I had to like trade for him or draft him in uh, startups or something. But yeah, I never had any George Kittle. 
Remember Caleb Wilson? Yeah. Tight end. I had a bunch of Caleb Wilson. Yeah, tight ends. You could go down a whole long road of just tight ends that you're like, oh, there's something about this profile that I got to keep. And oh, yeah. we got Hunter Bryant. Remember him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You loved him. Oh. Yep. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that is uh, going to be it for this week's episode of America's Game, guys. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Eric Vanek NFL, and make sure you guys follow the show at America's Game Pod as well. And then Scott, like you, you were talking a little bit about Destination Dynasty for Monday. What do you, uh, what all do you got planned for that coming up? I'll probably be a little bit of a longer episode, at least an hour. Uh, talk a little bit about the warp stuff. Talk about some draft. Uh trends just some stuff that i've noticed uh but also not not necessarily draft trends in terms of what to do but things you can do that maybe gets ahead of the what the masses are doing because i think a lot of people are just going through the motions in drafts we're getting to the point where there's been enough drafts now done where you kind of know what to expect like you almost know going in the ranges of players you're going to get there's not going to be any surprises like that's pretty much gone given there's already been a bunch of content about ADP and who goes where and all that kind of stuff. So I think there's some, we talked about it a little bit in this show. Like, why are you making picks in certain ranges without exploring potential trade values in those ranges? So I'll talk a little bit about that, like things that I'm actually just doing myself. Sweet. All right. So that is, uh, that's it for this week, guys. And we will be uh, back next week for episode number 45. We'll see you later. Um.